No problem. Two, one, and... Welcome back, everyone, to this week. Um, today, I've got this lovely guest with me here. If you'd like to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Bella. Nice to talk to you guys. Uh, and would you like to just let everyone know what you, uh, you kind of do great. for a living and all that? <laughs> so I'm a Montessori teacher, um, specifically elementary, and I'm residing in New York City. So, I mean... First things, I, I, I'll take note of the date that I'm actually recording this on because I'm assuming that to, uh, it's September 10th, obviously, which means that tomorrow is quite a big day for uh, for American history. Which, like, I, I, I was chatting to someone at work who uh, I didn't take note of the fact they weren't born until after 9-11. Yeah, yeah. So for them, yeah. they just didn't really think much of it. And I was like, see, I was only about four and a half, five when it happened. I remember the news story when it occurred. And someone yeah. told me recently, though, just like the the like emotional impact that still lasts in New York. Absolutely. I actually was in fifth grade when that happened and my dad actually got impacted from that. So it is a very like big day for me as well. And I take it a, a, like my time to actually share that with the students and give them you know, not too graphic pictures, but pictures of what happened. And we actually make it a, a thing to go visit, you know, the World Trade Center as well. So, like, out of curiosity then, with with, with that and having to actually kind of handle that with the kids, like, I'm assuming that this is commonly, because we, we I, I don't think, like, we talk much about terror in the UK, but at the same time, we don't have it on the same scale. We've had... The london bombings and then we had like an ariana grande concert a couple of years back that that mm -hmm. got targeted but like we've never had three thousand people in two two buildings the skyline of a city changed forever so like, i i gotta ask how the hell do you how do you like approach a subject like that with children you know i actually am lucky because i can approach it from a personal story so i'm able to kind of put myself in their shoes because I wasn't too much older than them when that happened to me. So I kind of just say, kind of lead into it, explaining it from a personal perspective. And I stray away too much from like why it happened because, you know, ever since the like incident occurred, everyone has all types of ideas about why this happened. Oh, well, you know, the president knew, oh, well, there's a theory about this or they plan or this or that. And, I just don't feel it's my place to share that with the students. I just give them all the resources that they may want to learn from, like, you know, so they know, okay, you can research that and research this. And this is something one person says, and this is something another person says. And I feel like it's their, you know, decision, what they, what resides with them. So I don't, you know, I don't touch on the politics too much. I just touch on like the unfortunate part that people got impacted. And I also kind of like, you know, try my best not to believe that this can only happen in New York. And, you know, after giving this enough moment of shine, I move on to other topics that have had similar situations. Like Lebanon recently had a huge, you know, incident that impacted so many people and it was not even their faults. And it was supposedly a governmental accident. And, you know, thousands of people got impacted from that as well. So, I don't want it to be like an egocentric New York City is the only, you know, so I, you know, after giving it enough attention, I also say, well, you know, this happens in other places as well. And it's important to see it that this is an unfortunate things that sometimes happens to people. 
See, that's that. I think is a very good way because um, I, I was explaining this to someone else on another episode before that, like in the UK, we joke saying that America feels like it raises people to have like main character syndrome. Yeah, like the way the American people view themselves at times, we always joke is like they feel like they're just the main character of the movie. The bad <laughs> thing has happened to them, and it's like, yes, I like we because I I said to someone, and I didn't mean to sound offensive when I said it, but I I I, I like I said I just didn't realize how tragic like nine eleven still was to people after twenty years because like in yeah. in the UK, I don't feel like talking about the 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 London bombings. It, I don't I don't feel like that's a touchy subject. I can talk about that quite freely. No one's no one's like gonna really be a high risk of being offended or upset or be like that's too too mm -hmm. sore a subject. Mm -hmm. But like when I was like told just like it's more like it was one of my friends was explaining he was like it's more than just an act of terror. They were like, you know, there are people still in the city who can tell you just like how how bad like being in that building was and this that and the other and like how many people's family members truly did and it was like i kind of never thought about the, the wider implication of it yeah but then like, I, I think that, yeah i was just gonna say but it's just like when the way they spoke about it i did sit there and go it does sound like you guys forget though it's like you guys aren't the only ones who who who've had big bad things happen to you that take lives it's like i will agree yours is not the nicest of ones that was that was a vile act but i'm like at the same time bad bad shit like this has happened right and i think that like as a teacher i i'm really like cautious about how i come off to children because of this thing like i don't want them to think only our lives matter only like what happens here matters and we kind of take a much more global view of things um and that's something that I take like pretty good pride in because even I struggle sometimes like when I think that, oh, this happens here too. I thought this happened only in America, especially when we talk about TV shows or like, you know, music that we listened to when we were growing up. Like you heard, you guys heard that too. And like, you know, it's a lot of times really funny to know that it's more common than you think across the world. So yeah. <laughs> Would you say like part of like the the, the, the school you're now teaching at, would you say that's like kind of part of theirs like philosophy as well, more of a global outlook towards things yeah. or? And I think I'm lucky that I'm in New York City for that because all of us come from different walks of life. Like every single student has a different ethnic background, a different city that they come from. You know, most of the children in my classroom are not Native American. Like they're not from America. They're from different, you know, parts of the world. So they're able to bring forward their own stories and their own, you know, interests from global perspectives. I don't think every school has this, you know, experience. I think when you're in New York, it kind of gives you that, you know, unique experience as a teacher. So, yeah, I, cause I was, um, I was going to say New York is, I'm assuming kind of a bit, if you've ever been similar to London in the uh, diversity range of, is your one of your main kind of cities and one of the main capitals out there it's um because yeah i i i was uh like um america is obviously currently going through a lot of its diversiveness with like the whole race issue and everything yeah. else which i always kind of like i always find quite funny in the sense of like it's not funny that bad things happen to people but it's like it, i think i find it funny in the sense of i'm like you have literally got a country that was founded upon the idea that everyone is an immigrant 
And like your entire yeah. country is based on being pure immigrants and like that that is it like that is all you ever were it's like you were just all immigrants that went with no government really here no big problems over like there aren't royal families in charge of us if we get out to america it's like somehow yes. you all got out to america and then you started seeing more issues with each other than you ever had before and i'm like you all agreed that this was the land of opportunity and the, the yes so somehow yeah. it, the only opportunity that you found was to be racist and defensive with one yeah. another as time moved on. Yeah. And I think that if you look at American history, you can see why. I mean, it was actually founded by the British, as you know, yeah. <laughs> and they had a lot of British and Scottish people come, you know, come through and take control. And really every other race that came afterwards for some time was only just for using them purposes. Like, you know, they had the African slaves from West Africa come in and they used them. And then after that got, you know, squashed, they had all these other immigrants from all walks of life and they used them for labor. So they just kind of, you know, liked being in power and, you know, using other immigrants, you know, as beneath them. And I think, you know, Americans have tried to really like break that d duo and dynamic as much as they could. And I think they've come a long way in so many cases, but you still hear a bunch of, you know, people who are like, go back to your country and you don't belong here. And especially um, when COVID happened, it was like a huge Asian hate thing that happened here. And I heard this, yeah, because yeah, like, I have friends who are like Chinese and whatnot. I couldn't imagine them. Like, I think I made a couple jokes that were maybe uh, offensive, sure, but like I'm like these are my these are my friends. We've grown up together. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna make a joke about bat soup, aren't I? It's just natural. And yeah. Then I think it was like once um, it, after like six or seven months, I started hearing that like Asian people in in America were now being attacked, and I was like, yeah. for, for what? And it's like you've brought you've brought us COVID. It's like. It was a wet market out in China, apparently. I'm like, I don't know how how your local like Chinese grocery store owner has uh, has brought this out to you, but yeah, I believe I kind of I pretty much blame Trump for that because of the messaging he you know had when he would be interviewed in news companies. Like he just kind of said, "Blame China, blame China," and you know, there's a lot of kind of not educated people here who don't know how to behave. We, you know. we have to agree, though, that the Kung Flu statement was probably the funniest <laughs> thing that anyone had come up with at that moment in time. Like, I heard that and I was like, I'm glad he's not my country's leader, but God damn it, I'm glad he's someone's country's leader. I'm like, we need a, we need someone funny right now. I mean, I, I was a bit worried after when he said afterwards, well, just wax and bleach and your veins, you'll be fine. That, oh, was, a, that was a concerning part. I was like, hopefully Americans aren't going to start whacking clorex up their uh up their veins going ah, this will cure me of covid but <laughs> at the same time you've got so much yeah. warring at the moment over covid anyway still i didn't realize you were still suffering with it so much not see i i personally don't feel it but people still wear masks and they still this conversation still gets brought up like i i'm over it i just want to live life you know but i do have to say trump was extremely entertaining like Oh, you he needed, was. You needed a good four years of laughter, didn't you? Like, and I, I feel like with Biden being not any really better in what he's doing, like I kind of miss Trump. I mean, he was a really like horrible person in so many ways, but at least he was really entertaining. You know. <laughs> I, I was saying to a friend because I'm not 
I'm not really a fan of either either of them. I like, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm a socialist uh, person in the sense of mm-hmm. I live in England and free healthcare is free healthcare. So yeah, it's 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 good and bad. But um, I, I I had said to a friend recently that I was like, out of the two, I think Trump was still better. I was like, look, he was an ass. He said some really bad things. I was like, but at least he was a businessman who was more interested in just making the economy work. I was like, that's better than whatever but like biden's doing at the moment i'm like every time i open up youtube at the moment all i see is joe biden stumbling over his words or like shaking hands with ghosts and i'm like i don't i don't get what this man's doing i can't imagine what it's like for you guys having to sit there and be like this this was the the option that we elected i i just have to say i really won't be surprised if trump comes back next next election i have a feeling he'll be right back you know he's 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 winning the next election i think (laughs) no doubt on it i reckon like i was talking to a friend i was like if he comes back i said he's won i don't think the democrats have got much in the way of someone they can they can throw up in, in, in and make everyone go yeah that's the person we're going to stand behind i was like obama like as as said like i'll give it he had like the winning complexion as as they were saying and the fact that he was a black man and wanted to be president and it was a great great image i mean i think he was a fairly good president for the most part anyway but i i always joke saying it's amazing to watch that you didn't hear much about racism in america until after he left the white house and then all of a sudden just racism in america ramped up like there was no tomorrow true true true. i mean in my i have a personal view of all of them as they are they all have blood in their hands they've all done very evil things all of them like i don't think of them as one better than the other um and this is why i kind of stay away from like political parties and all the politics that goes on because people think they really know what's going on and they really don't like and i'm not trying to sound like a conspiracy theorist i just really feel like the whole media is just there to distract what's really going on and there's way more to the story you know i've always i've 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 come to that with like american politics especially like it, it, it it's really it's really hard to be able to listen to any of them. I can't imagine what it's like when you have to try and vote because like you hear what they say and it's like, especially like online, there's so many people screaming it's like disinformation and like your news sources. I remember watching when Trump was like running for president, like the wall street journal had article differences and title differences, depending on where in the country it was printed. And I'm like, your news, you shouldn't be adjusting the news depending on whether they want to hear Trump's going to build the wall yeah. or the wall's not happening. Like, yeah. I was like, you should be saying, this is what Trump's saying, not he's, he's going to build that wall. He's not going to build that wall, though, if you're in any of these states. And yes, from that moment, this, I was like, how do you trust anything? Absolutely. And this actually goes back to what we were talking about with like America thinking they're, you know, they're the center of the universe because they're always the first ones to point out something wrong going on in another country. Like, look over there. Like, it's terrible there. This is what's happening there, blah, blah, blah. And, like, meanwhile, all this horrible shit goes down here. And there's so many atrocities here. And, like, I can't get over And maybe this sounds super controversial. So I apologize if I'm not meant to be offensive. But I can't get over, like, how much news coverage there is on the Ukrainian war when there is so many other horrible things going on in the planet. And it's just to me, to me, of course, what's going on is horrible, but I just think that's their way of making Russia look really bad. Like that's like clearly an agenda, you know? So 
So I can, and I, can, I feel like I America just the same. Yeah, I know? can I can see that because like um, I've I've well when when the war happened because I don't know how much in the way of English english news would get out to america you're a lot bigger there's a lot more of you you probably don't care as much what's going on out here yeah like we we kind of have to care what you guys do because when it comes to the global stage like if your leader decides that he's going to launch a nuke we our country kind of has to stand there and go ah shit we're on their side exactly like, we can look at the other team maybe real quick and be like can we change but realistically we're, we're on their side like we've we've got our special friendship it's it's never going away we can't <laughs> so like we obviously get a lot more but it's like when the war occurred we were having a massive issue with uh our leader boris johnson and his entire party uh spending the majority of the time over christmas and during the original covid lockdown in 2020 meeting mm -hmm. up breaking all of their own rules and partying and like they they got caught yeah. out real badly to the point that yes. prince uh, prince philip the queen's wife uh, wife the queen's husband had passed away <clears throat> and they got caught out for like having a party at number 10 downing street the like the night before the night of his funeral and like then the day after his funeral as well like they had partied like on his funeral and everything like they were having these parties and like there was cocaine involved a lot of drinking there's like 30 of these people in like a guest hall where like you're not allowed more than six people in a building anymore and all this and like you've got british people being fined like 900 odd pounds for going for a walk that's too far away from their house it's unjustifiable and the war happened and all of a sudden this man that loads of like his party were like quitting writing like we need him gone and then all of a sudden this war happened and bam he was the greatest leader he's gonna wow. see us he, like he was gonna see us through this and like he was seeing us through the whole ukraine crisis for a while until more calls started to come that he was not he was not competent or capable of a leader like we've removed we removed him as prime minister and have just instilled a new prime minister yeah like we've done all of this in the space of time whilst also having the queen die it was not <clears throat> it's been a very rough couple of weeks in the United knew there's so much turmoil going on in the uk right now <laughs> yeah the last leaders were all a bunch of co cokeheads we've just had to decide between like well the like the parties just had to decide between like 12 new potential leaders they came down to personally what i think was the worst two uh they picked the the, the best of the two but still, they weren't the best two options that they had started with. Like, they came down to, like, we have a guy called R uh, Rishi Sunak who, like, has just had this whole scandal of his domiciliary status because his wife is an American. And, like, it's it's been a question of some things about tax and whatnot like that. And you're like, you want to put the guy that we've just spent, like, seven weeks, like, reporting the news of, so he was doing some questionable stuff. He's had to give up his domiciliary <laughs> status in America because we all agree that as as an elected official, none of, none of what he was doing was was even remotely okay. And it's like you've you've he was one of our final two candidates to become the leader of our country. Wow. So and you're so, like not the best move. <laughs> would you say that like more so more British people in gen like generally British people like are very involved in politics like they know what's going on and they're interested and they have an opinion and stuff um from your experience see i'd say to an extent like yeah weirdly because 
when I was in secondary, less so for kids now, but like when I was in secondary, myself and a lot of my friends discussed politics from maybe 14. Because like we knew what was affecting our lives. Like when we were in school, I knew what the uh, Secretary of Education was doing to GCSEs. Because he was he was changing how grade boundaries were going to work and it could affect me. So I had to take an interest in what this man was doing because I know his name. His name's Michael Gove. If ever I get the opportunity to slap him, I might. He made my life. He like he made two years of my life really stressful because no one knew what was going on with my education properly. And you're like, maybe you shouldn't start announcing what you're going to do until you've actually made a decision on what you're going to fucking do. But yeah, for sure. So like, for I feel sure. like we we do, but again. It, also helps that like for us they're in charge of like our health service and they're in charge of like we're building like a new railway service which i i I hate with all my with all my heart it's a waste of money but like you know they're doing it and like so we kind of have to know i think in england we have to know what the government's doing because the government does a lot more for us yeah for sure that like whilst you guys don't have much in the way of like national services so yeah you don't have it you're you probably don't need to care what the government's doing until it makes a decision on law that's going to affect you yeah we definitely feel very detached i would say for the most part um i mean we did this we did have recently this whole abortion thing that happened where they're moving towards making it illegal across the country um so that was a huge thing but in general i do think i mean from my experience people feel very detached from the government even from the the state government and i think there's just there's just like a very general distrust going on across the board i mean with the younger generation i'm not talking about the older generation um and i and and i it's kind of crazy because we do pay really high taxes like i pay for the federal tax and for the state tax but I see nothing for it, like nothing, nothing changes, it's dirty, it's nasty, nothing gets improved, like, I don't know where all this money is going at all, you know. I was going to say, the the, the tax system for you guys confuses me, because I didn't realize, like, California apparently, like, the state takes, like, 50% of your, your income? Like the state, no, that's something like ridiculous. An exaggeration. That's an exaggeration. <laughs> but like, even so, like people tell me that, like you know, you're paying like weird amounts of tax in, like, yeah. like because you have your federal tax, then you have your your state tax and all that, and, and it's like because your tax varies so greatly from state to state. I'm like, really? Yeah. In the UK, I pay probably close to 23 24 percent of my income at well something like that i think is my tax at the moment and that's split into two things of tax and then what we call national insurance which is like the nhs cost right that went up by like two percent last year and everyone in england kind of sat there going with i don't want to pay more tax but you you use the you use the magic three letters of nhs i need them they they keep me alive free of charge so i'm not allowed to uh, i'm not allowed to say bad things about them kind of thing so yes i agree but I, I feel like i pay around the same amount of tax as you maybe just a tad more and there's no health care with that and i'm literally like do not even want to go to the doctors just because what? i don't know that's going to cost me an arm and a leg what does your tax give you if they're not giving you health care though because like have no clue like I literally, I actually, after, so you know, I live in New York City. So after COVID, I just don't even want to take the subway anymore. Like, it's just so many, like, homelessness, so many mental illness people. Like, 
people with really big mental illnesses. There's so many, like, it just doesn't feel safe. Like, once it gets dark, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to take an Uber. I don't want to go through all that. There's no one cleaning up the streets. There's, like, if you go through the streets of New York, you'll see, like, huge trash bags everywhere on the floor. They don't even have, like, a proper bin to dispose these bags in. They're just black bags on the floor, like, where does this money go? I have no clue. I mean, I think it does go to the police, but also the police. I mean, they just basically stand there and just, they just stand there. They don't really do anything. They don't ask like, the homeless people to leave or people to stop begging for money or, you know, clean the streets. They just kind of stand there, you know? So I don't know. I would love to know myself. <laughs> So, like, <clears throat> out of curiosity then, like, what is, with, with, with the police out there, because, like, obviously you guys have had a lot of dramas with them, with the whole, like, George Floyd thing, and yeah. uh, a lot of people being like, oh, let's defund them, and other people being like, no, let, like, blue lives, the whole blue lives matter thing versus black lives, which I, I honestly, when I heard that, I, I started to laugh. I'm like, I agree, the police shouldn't die, black people shouldn't die, but just parodying the other probably makes you look more of an asshole than anything else yeah. like you want to tell these people no not all the police officers in the country are racist just some of them are and that's the one that we should be angry at the few not not the general and you guys are going with or we parody it <laughs> we just yeah. piss off the entire community the one us dead anyway <laughs> and it's like it's not not help but like what would you like in new york of all places because like, i've heard new york's a bit like you've got a fair bit of crime and like you know you have got your homeless and all of that and yeah i i've seen like because when i think of homeless people i think like especially coming from i come from a really small like town in in the countryside of the united kingdom like my homeless people were eight or nine people with a few dogs like each one had a dog and they were all really sound for the most part. Like they, they had drug addictions for sure, but like, you know, they were really calm people. Like you could have a conversation with them. And so like, uh, like the police didn't have to do anything about them cause they weren't nuisances and things like that. But like for you guys, like you said, like the police aren't dealing with them. So like, what is it like having police in New York at the moment? Well, I just feel like, um, for the most part, so what I was referring to is that they're not doing anything about it. It's just like, you know, they actually do loiter and they come up to people each individually and ask them for money and they make, and I, first of all, I think what's happening to homeless people is really not being addressed at all. So it's really sad. Um, but I just feel like the police officers at least can just help them, guide them, take them to the shelter, give them a place to rest. Like, because I do think it makes a lot of people not know what to do. Like, you know, you're going on the subway ride home and you're like worked all day. And then, you know, there's people approaching you almost on a daily basis and you just don't really know what to do, but there's a police officer right there and they're not like stopping the situation or, you know, facilitating the situation. A lot of them sleep on the tracks and like, you can't really pass them. Sometimes they're like, using the restroom right on the subway, you know, it's just kind of like, you never know what you're going to get into. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and yeah. I was going to say, and then I'm assuming with, with drugs and do you, do you get much yeah. like knife, knife crime from the homeless community or is knife crime? I've heard of that. We have an app called citizen. <clears throat> so it's, it's an 
app just for New Yorkers and you can literally see at all times what crime is happening all around like the city. And it's like, it gives you notifications if there's like a gunfight, a knife fight. It's all type, it's really like crazy. it, like in my honestly, that sounds like a post-apocalyptic like hellhole. In that <laughs> the idea that I'd have to look at my phone and my phone's like, all right, I can't, I can't go three blocks north because there is a gunfight <laughs> going on, and eight blocks south there was a stabbing. Three blocks to the yeah. east there was just a, there's like a whole drug shootout right now. Like I'd be it's like, the it is then today. <laughs> it's reality, but you. It's funny because like. I mean, I grew up here, right? So I'm, I'm kind of used to this. Like, I don't know how it could be different. Like, but I do think it got worse. And this is why I have that issue with like, how come the cops are, but I don't, I can't even blame the cops because they're just following the orders. So I just feel like the government is not really doing anything about it, you know? And that's actually really the main point I'm making about even the homelessness situation, the cops situation in general health situation. Like, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> what are we paying money for so <laughs> see well whilst whilst we get the joys of talking about the government obviously with you working in education it's a lot yeah. more from from how i understand it you have like a lot more like kind of political stuff attached yeah. to attached to education don't you like because do. your schools like i think we we kind of say like our schools are underfunded but they're not underfunded more than it's like teachers could be paid a bit better the the facilities could always be nicer, but like for the most part, new textbooks, good, good. Like most teachers, I think, and I want to say like teachers in the United Kingdom are on probably about twenty five thousand a year, ish. Like I want to say give or take a bit, but I'd say that's quite. So like, the minimum point in the UK where you get taxed is once you've earned about twelve and a half thousand pounds. So they're earning about double the point of taxation. So you. We in the UK, you earn twelve and a half thousand pounds tax free, and then everything after that is taxed at the standard rate of like twenty percent up until forty, fifty thousand. So, I think they they earn quite a comfortable kind of wage would be would be the way of looking at it. It's like two thousand, yeah, about two thousand pounds a month would would pay for like you know your house, your food, your elect, well, yeah, your electrics. Before all of the gas and oil crises were were, yeah. were starting, obviously, but like um, you guys have like teachers have to like I've seen videos of like teachers explaining how they have to buy supplies for their own students because the school can't afford it, and I'm like, how have you got a school with like four hundred kids and not a penny for paper? Yes. So I used to be a public school teacher before I became a Montessori teacher. And I actually taught in New York City and in Detroit for a little bit. Um, and I can attest to that. Like, we do, I don't think it's necessarily that the teachers don't get paid, like they get paid really low because I'm, I do think they can get paid better. Like I'm not saying they can't, but I do think that the schools do not provide the, the teachers with much. Like. You're literally just given a blackboard, a computer, and like a textbook. That's it. Like, you know, but the thing is like the education world is moving towards like being more hands-on with children. Don't be teacher-centered. Don't stand in front of the classroom the whole day and talk to them all the time. Like do something that will give them hands-on activities. But you don't have anything to work with. You just have textbooks and a computer and a, a whiteboard, you know? And so 
what ends up happening is, and then you also get like certain amount of reams of paper. So you might get like a box of paper and that will last you for the whole year, you know, type of thing. So like, and this is for, you know, the schools that are not really funded well, right? I'm sure the ones that come in rich, rich neighborhoods, they're different. So that also goes with tax because both schools get different amount of funding depending on the tax income of that neighborhood. Um, but what ends up happening is the teacher has to spend countless hours every single day, not only grading homeworks and making tests and doing all that, but also trying to come up with fun lessons because now we're supposed to entertain the children since, you know, they're not going to be able to listen that well, you know, sitting in the classroom all day and just listening to you talk. So you have to like find ways to entertain them and like, you know, make the lesson fun and engaging. So you're spending hours looking things up, making them, printing them, setting it up and all of that stuff. So a lot of times you have to buy stuff, you know, because it doesn't come with like you have to go. There's teacherspayteachers.com. They're sharing my lesson. So you buy what other teachers have made and you make your life a little easier. You get stuff shipped. And yeah, that's not really necessarily taken account for it. Not necessarily. No. See, that's like. So out of curiosity, for, for students, do they, like, for your, like, say, maths, maths class, do you guys provide them with the books that they do their actual maths writing in? Or is that, like, they, they go, they buy all of, like, the books they need for all their classes and they come to school with, like, 12 blank books? In public school, the children come with those supplies already. So we don't provide, like, schools don't provide that. Yeah, so in the in the UK, like that's all provided for us. Like we get yeah. that's that's I I still have like there is a box uh somewhere in my flat that has got all of my books from when I was in <clears throat> middle school. And like there's probably eight books that are just filled with doodles because I would just ask a teacher if I could take one to doodle in for the rest of the day because I like, I had a teacher who really liked me and they would just give me give me shit whenever I wanted it. So, like, I used to just walk up to them and be like, yo, you know that book you gave me last week? I haven't brought it. I'm bored as hell. If you don't want me doodling in the actual book, I'm going to need a book to doodle in. He'd just be like, take the book, drawing it to your heart's content. That's He's nice. Like, I don't. And, like, but that's, but, like, again, all of that stuff's provided for for us. Like, the school provides every, like, the only thing that we have to bring into schools is, like, ourselves, our lunch, and our pencil cases. So, like, a pencil, a pen, and a sharpener. Like, that's the base material, and then we're given any textbooks that we need, any books for writing in. Like, all of that is provided to us. Yeah. Like, that's a free of charge. That's part of that's part of the joys of being in education. I mean, you would get that in a private school, but not in a public school. And then, you know, but then there's also what they do do is if the if the family comes from a certain income range, then the then the school provides the lunch, but they have to prove that they make under a certain amount so that the school can justify giving them free lunch, basically. But otherwise, it's not free. <laughs> Gonna uh, say see, it like what is it seven 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 hundred billion you <clears throat> the U.S. puts into their army every year? See what I mean? Actually, it's the the most of where the tax goes to is the army, like the federal tax. It's like a, a huge amount, um, and that's why I thought the same would apply on a state level that it goes to like cops and you know all of that stuff. But 
yeah, like it's it's unfortunate. Like this is why I do kind of see why a lot of people want to go to you know the UK or as opposed to America because having healthcare yeah, accounted I'd, for. I'd, 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 I'd get out to Europe as soon as I could if I were out there. Like I I I, I used to think growing up, I I always used to think like oh maybe I'll live in America and like I've got friends out there and like a couple years back still I was like oh do I go? It's like do I maybe just do it go for a year i'm like i'm i'm qualified to, to to do certain jobs out there but i'm like on top of that i can get a lot of basic skill work so i was like oh, oh, i could go out there for a year and then i kept thinking about it and i was like no it's like it, it would be too much stress i said like no in my luck i won't read the right piece of paper that i'm signing and i'll end up getting stuck like every american citizen having to pay tax when i move back to my own country yeah, like America's the only country. I didn't realize you could do this as a country that taxes its people, even if they're not in the country making yeah. money and anything. It's just like no, I no, no. I thought every country does that. Hmm? No, I thought every country does that. If I no? if I was to move to Australia, I don't get taxed by the UK government. I'm I'm in Australia. Like what what am I paying tax for? Like if I'm not if I'm not able to use the free healthcare and I'm not able to 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 you know be protected by the police, then I'm not, I'm not, you know, paying their tax. Yeah. I think like it can, it can happen. Say if I have a business in England, move to Australia, but my business still operates in England, then I would say earn an English income, have to pay a tax on that. And then a tax in Australia on maybe again, but like, it, it, it shocked me that like someone, like one of my friends was like, oh yeah, but if I move out to England, I get double taxed. And I'm like, what do you mean you get double taxed? Like, well, I yeah. get 20% or whatever it is, like the American tax will take from them. And then it's like, and then an additional 20% on the UK tax. And I'm like, that's, yeah, that's cruelty. You know, I still feel like because I'm so used to living here and even though there's so many things I think that suck about it, I don't know how I can live in another city or it's so hard to adjust to because on the flip side, like New York has a lot to offer. Like it has unlimited events, unlimited friendships you can make, unlimited job of, like just unlimited of everything. So it's kind of like when you go somewhere else, you're just like, what do you guys do here? Like just hang out at the mall and like, I don't know, like it's so boring. I, was gonna say, I can know? imagine leaving leaving somewhere like New York would be quite a dull one anyway, because uh, being in the like, the most built up kind of like tourist city that, yeah, uh, that yeah. exists. Uh, I remember my uh, my parents have both gone out there um, a, a few years back. My my cousin got married in Central Park. Um, but uh, like they've, I think it was like my mother went to like some bar or something where it's like, I want to say she said it was like 70 odd dollars just to get in the bloody door. Yeah. Which that's not I pay like maybe 10 bucks to get into my local nightclub. I'm not paying any more to get in to drink. Like if I've got to pay over like $10 to drink, then I don't see the point. Like <laughs> New York City is really pricey. It yeah. is. And it only got pricier in the last few years after COVID. And I, I just feel like they use COVID as an excuse for everything. So It's a good excuse. You don't know what it affected. It was an illness. We can't prove it. Right. You don't really know how to fact check that. So exactly. you just have to take it. Fact. It's true. But to be fair, though, because like New York was, if I remember correctly, like wasn't New York like one of just like the worst hit areas when it when it finally kind of landed for you? Like, what was it? What was it like being in New York for that? Like when COVID, when when, COVID like when started kicking COVID. off and 
everyone apparently started dropping like flies. Oh my god. Yes, I be, I think everyone got so paranoid. It was insane paranoia. Um, but it, it became a dead city. Like I think everyone just fled. I mean, a lot of the more um, rich people who were able to upstate or somewhere like you know more suburban, and a lot of people just went to stay with their families. Went to Florida. Went you know everywhere else. It was super. Quiet, like I've never seen anything like it in my life. I would walk through Manhattan, and there's just nobody there except homeless people. That was basically it. I've never seen anything like it. it even Times Square was dead. I mean, because tourism was closed, you know. So it was. In, when, it was when, really. When, when you're walking through, you're taking photos of everything. Like the only human being here, never going to witness <laughs> this again. <laughs> it was such a few amount of. Actually, even now, I still feel like when I go places, it's not as packed as it used to be. And that's me saying, like, it's still packed for an average person. Like, there's. It's still a lot of people, but for me, what I'm used to is that you can barely move. Like, if there's an event, that means you're barely able to move. You have to say excuse me like 50 times. That's kind of what I'm used to. But now it's like you can kind of walk through just fine. It's kind of interesting, you know. <laughs> Even though there's still a lot of people, so yeah. <laughs> That's why I don't live in cities. I've always said I'm not much of a city person. Too many people, crowded. Not for me. I'm like I like big open fields and free space to. Uh to look through them kind of thing when i see trees for a while i'm like okay what now like i can't look at trees for more than 10 minutes i need to see something else you know i I go on like three hour nature walks i feel like you would be so (laughs) bored if you tried doing something like that then all i see is trees or rocks there's not much else to look at (laughs) i don't know how you're not bored beauty of listening to the birds sing i guess yeah, I guess that's what happens when you really grow up in a place, right? When you when you grow to... up in a countryside location, like especially so, like for me, uh, the town I grew up in, the latest that any store was open till was like the local supermarket, and if I remember correctly, like I think that closed at like nine o'clock. Wow. Like, so so where the town I grew up in was like kind of nine, and then there were a few pubs that most of them closed maybe midnight, with one that was open till one. The, like the next nearest town to me then like the latest there open till is two o'clock and then the, the city nearest me is like i want to say they they close up about three like nightlife in the uk is already quite a uh, quiet thing so like we don't have a lot to do as it is <laughs> you either sit in a pub and watch a sport or you go out for a walk where i live like there there are your options and you weren't bored Ah, I think, I think, again, I went to, like, a Steiner school, so, like, um, similar to the schools that you teach at, being that it's, like, a way of being school, and that the whole idea is that it wants to just teach me to be, like, a free individual, so, like, in my school, health and safety didn't really exist, so, because my school was private, paid for by the parents, it meant that the government had less of a say in what we could and couldn't do so like there were trees at my school that were like 45 foot tall that you could climb to the very top of if you wanted to and no one's going to tell you to get down or that it's dangerous just be careful and that's it and like you had kids of all ages from like 8 to to 16 doing this and like that was like what we were taught to do we were taught to be out in nature and 
so like for for me i was quite lucky that i was raised in a very kind of like let's let's be outside let's enjoy just climbing like i still i i have friends who look at me like i'm mental because i'm 26 years of age nearly and i still climb up trees like i can't help it if i see a tree that i can climb i go with well i'm gonna fucking climb that aren't i and like it's it's fun and like i'll be hanging from a tree and like one of my friends looks at me and like he's just like what the hell are you doing i'm just hanging there one arm one leg going with just chilling it's fun the inner how, you, kid how are you not doing this like yeah the inner kid in you comes out it's uh, funny it's i think it's it comes with it comes with that kind of education is you you're a lot you're a lot more free to keep your uh, your childhood if you're uh, if you're allowed to be more practical and active with everything like so i went to that school and then i went to my 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 secondary school middle school and i'd say that like was the death of a lot of my creativity and childhood like kind of wonderment for a long time where like just that like nine till three o'clock kind of you're in class for three hours out for an hour in for three hours and then home like that 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 whole cycle just killed me killed me I, I wanted to go and run around outside after 20 minutes which my old school pretty much would have let me do free of charge but you know if i wanted to do that in my new school that's detention which was something i had never understood either because we didn't have detention at my old school you didn't really get punished at my old school so <laughs> It sounds like they respected the children more for who they are and, you know, understood that they all have their own personalities and their own limits. They, they were very good, I think, for understanding that, like, especially I got in a lot of trouble quite early on at my middle school because I didn't like calling my teachers by their uh, by their surname. Yeah. So I don't know if you do it in your in your school, whether you're you like names you go by your first names as well so yeah. Like, yeah so my old school was that where it's like you know everyone was francis rita tom a adrian like you know these these are the people and like you talk to them and they talk to you like a like a like they can't they they won't refer to you by your last name at any point like you won't refer to them by like theirs they would consider it more disrespectful for you to call them like yes like yeah. they didn't like that kind of thing and then going to a secondary school that was very much no i am miss sure miss and it's like i feel like that's wrong for children i don't know about you i think kids shouldn't be told to respect you i think kids are meant to be taught that you are you're my elder and i can respect you without having to talk you to you that. like i'm lesser than you i think it's a it's a cultural thing for a lot of like maybe former generations to just um they see it as like a distinguishment between I'm the authority and you're, you know, the child and it's kind of like a formality. I kind of like the miss, but I like my name. Like it could be Miss Bella. It doesn't have to be like, oh, Miss like my last name. You know what I mean? It's kind of too yeah. formal, but I don't mind. Some of my students just say Bella and most of them say Miss Bella. I think it's just kind of, a, I don't know, cultural thing really. See, that's because when you get to university in not well yeah university and uh like our high school equivalents in in the uk um i don't know for you guys but again you drop the the titles so like my professors aren't professor uh i can't remember any of my professor's last names now but oh, I did, it wasn't like say professor bash it was katie like i had to call her katie and like same for college i had a 
like lecturer that I got along with quite well and like I used to just call him Boothy all the time or I had another one that was just Peggy and like that 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 one that that like they weren't their names that was just like their last names played on a bit and it was like I think once you leave middle school for us like you're given a lot more freedom to kind of be told no 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 once you're at once you're at high school for us like we kind of go at, at 16 yeah you're an adult like you yeah. can't buy alcohol and you can't can't go out and do all of that stuff yet but like you're as close to an adult as you're about to get before you are viewed as one and will be punished as one so like here's your opportunity to start on that way of uh get it getting it right if you if you yeah. think you need to say like professor to to a professor then your reasoning has to kind of be you're you're probably being quite respectful to them because you need them to do you something <laughs> otherwise <laughs> it's just like ah oh, how are you andy how's how's the wife and kids today like they like our professors like at least for me like a, a lot of our professors were kind of closer to being equals that you could just chat to great like you you're you're a lot less like told that there's there's some barrier between you at these points yeah yeah seems very nice and polite yeah. i i think i think it's part of what separates england and america though so differently I from how 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 we behave with one another is like um because i see obviously so much american media and like i don't think i could teach in america i don't think i'd yeah. be able to handle it because like your kids like the attitude problems alone that you can get with some children and like i just i don't think and like the fights like you get scraps in a school in england but you don't get like you don't get that many like, i yeah. don't think you witness anywhere near as many fights like in a lot of schools in the uk like you you see them in in america and like it's a very different culture on it as well i mean my first week as a teacher ever right fresh out of high school i mean college i had a fight breakout right in my classroom so it was i i tried really hard not to cry from being so freaked out but yes that is the norm so. say, that's gotta be that's gotta be a stressful first day you walk <laughs> in and like hi everyone i'm missing before you've even gotten to put the b on the board it's just like someone's not got oh, cold behind yes. you it was so so horrible and but you learn quick and i agree it's it is a huge difference between america american culture and british culture but i would even say new york culture because new york is like known to be very like you know straight to the point no like there's no like fancy talk we just say what we feel and think and um no. you know british culture is really polite and everyone's really worried I think, about I, I think as well like we're we're good at making even our rudeness quite polite like we are so indirectly like rude towards people if we can uh, if we if we have to be like we try not to i feel like we try not to offend each other so much that we're getting really good at just indirectly being so passively offensive towards each other these days because like worse i think that's worse i think i think the thing is is like yeah no because i i think you less so for example you guys have i'd say a, a a more twisted relationship with language than the uk does <laughs> twisted because yeah because like the thing is is like the way that you you guys kind of view view language it, it is i think ricky gervais is a good way of looking at it is like ricky gervais offends a lot of people and I love gervais. a lot of the people who kick off about him are americans who don't like what he says and it's like I we get why you don't like it but yeah. in england 
you can say whatever you want pretty much whenever you want so long as you're like not doing it at the worst time so it's like he would he would get in a bit of trouble with the british people if he probably chucked up a joke about the queen in the next 10 days but that's because a lot of us will sit there and go with yeah no she's just died she was the leader of the country like that's touch like that's the subject you might leave but it's like after day 10 once she's in the ground if he was to make a joke i promise you everyone will be like the majority of the british people will be laughing and it's similarly like we just because we can say so much more offensive stuff i explained this summer like um the word uh the word cunt in in the uk is like almost a term of endearment for some people me and my partner use that word as like a word of like i love you almost which word cunt oh that is not how we use it here <laughs> yeah this is the thing like, i tried to explain it to someone like because especially in the uk as well because we drop teas a lot more as you guys as like americans like to obviously do with the whole bottle of water and yeah, all that I, like, know, I always do that <laughs> my favorite my favorite thing to hear but like um <laughs> but like yeah so with 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 that like because we drop teas so often with a lot of british people that i know especially like we have a really unique way of saying the word cunt because we don't put the tea on it so exactly. the way that like a lot of people i know kind of treat it is uh if you hear the tea i'm probably i'm probably being rude to you because the I... likelihood is i'm if i'm joking around I, like I, I call my best friend like a silly cunt all the time like oh like, you silly cunt and it's like it doesn't matter but if i was to go with guy you 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 cunt like he would he would hear the tea and be like oh oh that's angry tea like because when you when when english people like enunciate like and you hear all of the like t's and every other letter that we decide is no longer necessary start appearing then you're like that's kind of when you know you're offense you're like you're you're yeah. trying to be rude almost with a lot of people Makes sense. so like for us i think like we've we've almost kind of made words the most valueless thing until 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 you would not like enunciate the words <laughs> yes like once you're starting to put the effort into speaking then i think a lot of people kind of get the idea that maybe you're uh you're you're a bit more angry at them when you start using those words but like casually and cavalierly just throwing it around here like no no one cares <laughs> so the, there's a lot more lightness to your conversations like yeah. you guys take a joke and you know you, unless you pronounce every single letter in the word yeah like i think i think um it, yeah pronunciation really does affect things with us i i was explaining this to someone else um that like the n-word for example obviously is not a good word to be used yeah. however i was having a conversation with a friend of mine who's from somalia that i worked with i'd only known him a few weeks and uh my alarm had gone off one morning to go to work and I usually use Spotify for some reason. Spotify had changed the song it was using to a song I've never heard in my life. And it used the N word in it like nine times. And like, I just looked at him and I went, I am, I looked at him and just like, I didn't, I didn't ask him if it was okay. Cause I'm English. I just looked at him and said, I'm sorry about this. And I said, the song goes. And I said like the N word and as it, as the song said it like nine times over and he just laughs. And like he laughs and laughs and laughs because he's like it's not like and a, a lot of my friends who are like black and whatnot would all say the same thing it's like it's not really an offensive word in their mind unless like you're using it offensively at them really that's yeah not so how like here. that's that's why but I, like someone someone told me though it's like for you guys the ad like the whole like 
abolition of segregation was only what was it 60 years ago not that long ago we 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 abolished slavery 150 years ago now like because we were like the uk was the first nation to actually say slavery is 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 wrong no we shouldn't do this kind of stuff so like for us i think we've just we've removed it from from us a lot more like we've had time to remove it so like we kind of we kind of don't think about it the same like because when you see a lot of race things like i think a lot of british people sit there going like how is it that bad for you guys like surely surely once you've once you've said everyone's equal you just start getting on with life again and everything's fine and it's like because uh like um i was talking to someone about when the second world war occurred you guys still had segregated yes uh, like infantry didn't you and it's like we definitely kept it segregated and for such a long time in history yeah which like i think i think was the thing that kind of i can't remember if we like how long we kind of held up with any segregation after it all but like by the 40s it wasn't a thing and like yeah. there there's stories in england of like the pubs in london that like would serve the black troops and get yelled at by the americans for the fact it's like you can't do that they don't get treated like that back home you can't you can't have them thinking that that's like okay and then like a lot of pubs in england and they still have like some some of them like i think still have the signs up today that just say like blacks only and things like that because they were so offended at what the americans were telling them to do by saying you can't treat them as equals that they went with you can get the fuck out if you want if it bothers you that much having a black guy yeah. in the same bar as you you're you're welcome to leave but like no one here gives a shit yeah so like we I, we, we, yeah. we know that we were fondly remembered by like the african americans of like the second world war because it's like when they came here we were like welcome to, cool. to england you so are you're don't with feel us. Racism in the UK. <clears throat> I I wouldn't say that you feel anywhere near as much racism. Like especially, I feel like almost like racism towards black people. I've <clears throat> I obviously will never personally go through it, being that I am as as white as the surface of the moon. But <laughs> um, like I I would consider myself lucky. I have an auntie who is uh, who's Sri Lankan and. Her daughter who i always forget what her dad was i always want to say her dad was somalian so like i have two two relatives that are that are both black and i've grown up with them they live in london and like i've never known much in the way of any real racism being thrown towards them for anything of that I my interesting because i feel like when i was i was once trying to apply to a position in the uk and i was you know i was i was going through the scroll down menu of like what my race is by the way i actually found it really interesting that the uk really cares about my sexual orientation how i identify myself it's, sexually. It's, yeah so like we, it's not that we care anymore but like so we we have like equality and diversity quotas that mean that we have to ask these things and then it all has to be removed from your application by the time it gets to the employer the employer is not allowed to know any of those answers like for, for the most part employers are only allowed to know what your like cv looks like in the sense of your job and then all of a sudden they just pick the applicants and it doesn't matter but it just means that we've got the information so we know that there's no discrimination but we can prove that there's no discrimination because we removed the fact that you were asian and gay and you still got the job 
but like well, we gave it make more sense to just not ask the question and just base it on the resume alone. I, I think it would. I think it would incredibly uh, make a lot more sense to just remove <laughs> remove ninety percent of the questions you're asked for a job and go with give me your CV and if you're the best applicant, guess what? You'll right. have a job on Monday. No discrimination. But yeah, but like, because I've I've thought this about like, because um, Canada currently has got that whole like we're gonna do the 50 50 on our government men and women and i'm like surely we do it i'm like that's surely equivalent discrimination to, to men as women i'm like surely it's just if you've got the best application i don't care the color of your skin who you're sleeping with what religion and god you pray to if you're good at the job i just i want you to come in do your job go home if, if you if you want to go to go to a mosque or a catholic church on your way there and back that's up to you like but I found that, you know, the, the drop down menu for ethnicity was something I have never seen before in America. Like, seriously, gypsy Irish, gypsy this, and then like <clears throat> East Asian Chinese, East Asian. And I'm like, what? Like, this is so strange. Like, what is happening here? And then like Arab was just one one. There was just one type of Middle Eastern Arab. That's it. There's no other types of. Yeah, you know. we're getting we're getting there. We didn't used to have East Asian uh, and other everything else because like I only recently learned that it's referred to as like the Desi culture once it kind of hits like India and more uh, more westwards. It's like that's kind of where Desi comes into it, and like I had never heard the term Desi until a few months ago. Uh-huh. And like I was watching a podcast and someone had asked uh, like this guy from I want to say he was from India had like asked an english person what what do we consider him and like he's like asian and to an american that seems apparently baffling and it's like well indian people are from asia what do you want us to refer to them as if not asians and it's because for you guys it's like china is asia and japan's more like you're thinking of a different type of asian to us and it's like yeah they were the first ones we brought to england though like we didn't go to china and bring them over to do all of our stuff we went to india and went you guys have tea that'll do come with us so so we took control of india we brought indians over like so for us they're kind of like our definition of an asian i see i see so like yeah but i think the thing is is like they're trying to make it they're trying to make it so that we can prove that there's representation they're doing it i i think it's actually more offensive than not offensive that's what i can i can i can agree to that like i think that asking people is like a bit I, I always fill them out these days i've just stopped caring i'm just like i'm a i'm a white ginger man i'm like i'm bisexual i'm like i'm buddhist there you go i'm like if you want you want to care that much i'm like there you go i'm sure i tick all of your your diversity boxes somewhere yeah. but yeah but like it is it is a weird thing like that we've but i think part of it just comes from a a, a want to kind of prove that we're not <laughs> It's like it's like we're racist for the sake of proving that we're not racist almost. You know what it is? I think the reason why it's offensive, not just because they need to know what we are, but because their knowledge of the different races and ethnicities is clearly very limited. Like the fact that they would just have all these different East Asian categories and then just one Arab, like it's it's just like instead of having this like pre-made drop-down menu why don't you just allow someone to explain to you where they come from like don't pretend you're educated in what you're talking about kind of thing you know what i mean yeah (laughs) i would i would again i would agree with that like i've always thought it's a bit of an unnecessary thing but like i think it's been 
I want to say like that that kind of system has been in place since I was maybe 18, nine, well, 17, 18. So that's probably about what now? Nearly nine years that like you just that's just always been the way that we applied for jobs. I assumed that was normal for most other countries that you would ask for your ethnicity and your religion and everything else. Yeah, Cause like, but I've never seen something like the UK it was the longest yeah. job. <laughs> well, you know, we're trying, we're trying our hardest to show that we understand the world, but like at the same time, I think we can't, I, I think it, we can't look at too many history books to, to show you our knowledge of the world. Cause we did a lot of damage in in the history books, so we Absolutely. kind of we're kind of waiting for new people to kind of go with. Well, you are aware that Arab is a bit general, and there, there's like twenty denom like denominations yeah. of this. And once someone comes along and says that, we'll be like, oh, we never knew. It doesn't matter that we have proof that we knew because we were there for so long occupying. We just we like never fucking been out that way before in our lives. We've never seen that continent ever, guys. Like, come on, we're a little <laughs> island. What do you think we've done? <laughs> yeah if anything the british people should be much more knowledgeable about all the you know ethnic groups that they've conquered throughout all of history so nah, never, <laughs> we've never we've never done a thing the only bit of land we have outside of england is gibraltar yes and that was just a bad deal for the spanish <laughs> <laughs> yeah but then I, I i am curious for like for you guys teaching history out there like what's that got because i i feel like of all the subjects that the rest of the world feels like america is just clueless on it's yes. history where it feels like you guys like know a bit of this like the whole like civil war and then the war for independence and then like America didn't exist before 1776, so what do I really need to know before seven? Because, like, <laughs> in England, we, we, we learned about the Romans, how they invaded, how the, 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 the like, Celtic people, like, invade, like, how Anglo-Saxons all did their shit. Like, we learned all of this stuff about how our country was just destroyed after, the, like, every other person kept appearing. And, like, that's thousands of years of history for us. And then, like, you guys go, yeah, the 250 mark, that's no no america before no knowledge before almost <laughs> i actually really do think it depends on the state and city that you're coming from because from my understanding when i watch the news about what what's going on in texas and what's going on in california like it's totally different you know approaches like to to how they're teaching like for example i heard in texas they were removing like how to the evolution part of history like the fact that we come from monkeys <laughs> i think if i'm not mistaken the state i believe it was texas um and then there's some some states that are like no america's terrible like look at all the things they've done open your eyes like you have to know this is what they so it like it's so fundamentally different and it all comes into the politics of it like every single city and state has a different experience um and it also depends if it's public or private, because I think public schools are required to follow a certain protocol. Like you have to teach da, 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 like all throughout the year. This is the only topics you're touching. And I agree. One of their weakest, weakest things is understanding world history and geography. I mean, their understanding of geography is terrible. Like they don't know. Where oh, anything I know. I, they're my favorite videos to ever watch when I'm bored. If I've got a spare minute and I'm scrolling <laughs> through it, it's like, where's the UK? And then someone points to like Russia and I'm like, honey, like, no, no. It's terrible. 
or the worst terrible. or my favorite is usually when they go is well, where's america and for some reason you you look at the entire thing like what which one's america how do you not know the outline of your own your own country, country? No, honestly, i'll accept you not know mine <laughs> the geography knowledge of this country is terrible and i i'm grateful that i don't have this experience at the moment for my students because we teach geography in montessori classrooms from like the age of three so they're they're definitely different um but for the most part it's terrible and i do think that you know i can imagine every single country kind of approaches teaching history differently and they probably focus on the histories of the countries that kind of impacted them the most like for example we kind of learn about british history in american you know in, in american schools because it did lead to you know american history and i'm sure like the same goes with france like they probably learn a little bit about germany and a little bit about neighboring countries that you know impacted them so i, I think, think for us we, we learn a lot about hard. each other yes <laughs> we, we, we 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 all invaded each other so much we we kind of all know each other's history quite well because we're like wow we know that germany was busy invading all of us at this time and then the germans kind of lost to the prussians and all of a sudden then yeah. like these anglo buggers came in and started doing it and then for a while denmark was just in the water doing whatever denmark was doing so like for us yeah. i think it's a lot more we have just like one history that's very helpful to keep track of for us yes and i think what's also something maybe very unique about american curriculum is that they kind of bunch up a bunch of subjects into one and call it social studies. Do you guys I've have that? I've always wondered what this was. Like, what <laughs> is social studies? So social studies, actually, I was a social studies teacher, so I can say that it's six subjects combined, or five, let me remember. So it's history, econ economics, politics, geography, sociology, and anthropology, all in one. Those last two, surely. Firstly, the only people who learn anthropology are anthropologists to teach others about anthropology. Like that's <laughs> predominantly an anthropologist's like career path. Right. But like, but like those last two are surely like you don't need to learn sociology. I don't think you would have an easy opportunity of learning sociology in the UK until you are maybe sixteen, when you'd probably have your opportunity to get onto a, like a course for that. I can't imagine learning so like why waste your time learning a subject like that so early on when it's like sociology is like very specific not everyone needs sociology you know what i think it's i think they just want it to sound fancy because there is no way any teacher is teaching sociology and anthropology while she's teaching history and politics economics and geography all in 45 minutes so it's definitely overstated. It's just that I think they didn't want to have separate teachers for different things. So they bunched up a bunch of things and threw it on one teacher. That's really what I feel it is. <laughs> See, like, for, for I want to say it was for two years, and it was very, very limited to, like, my middle school, uh, which was, like, we did something called WOC, which stood for, like, Ways of Knowing. But that wasn't that wasn't like that like ways of knowing was kind of like just an extra hour lesson that was given to us that we had in the day that like essentially we had an hour space that needed filling and the school came up with this and what it was was like i think it was kind of like extended world history but like through a different means so like a lot more presentation work was done in that but like we would in that class we would do things more like learn about piracy or i believe in that class like we learned about the 
And it will sound stupid, right? But we learned about the JFK assassination. And then we learned about some of the theories about the JFK assassination in that. <laughs> and we didn't Sorry, just I learn. We didn't just learn that Lee Harvey Oswald shot that man. But we also learned there was a man on the grassy knoll. And the bullet bounced in like 20 different ways. Shouldn't it be felt like we learned like a lot of different things. Like I think it kind of, it was weird. Like my partner didn't do this in her school. But yeah, like, that is weird. But like we kind of did like a lot more broad. Like we did uh, a massive thing on like racism at one point, like just as a as a general thing. But again, because I think I think we just don't see so much like heavy discrimination out here. Like so, it's part of the thing we we feel a need more to to make sure that we know what it is still. When you say you don't witness that much heavy discrimination. Um... Like, is there, because when I was in the UK, I just saw a lot of white people. I didn't even see that many people of color, so. I'd say it depends on where you, you go in the UK, especially. Like, so where I'm from, I'd say, like, this is very white. Like, I, I've made the joke before that the town I grew, well, I, I, the town I grew up in legitimately only had two black kids in it throughout most of my life. And like people used to, because I was really chummy with one of them, and the other one, uh, the other guy was my uh, was was my best friend's neighbor, and like I was really chummy with like with this guy called Ebo, and like we used to hang out, and like people used to be like, "Oh, aren't you so and so son?" And he used to laugh and just go, "No, that's the only other black kid in all the Totnes," and like and, like the, the these were jokes, but like you know, so there was a lot of I'd say kind of what do you what do you call it not unintentional racism in the sense of like right. maybe like to that and like i think you might get like a few of the older generation who use a few slurs like um i i've heard older people who use the word chink quite quite well right. like they don't use the word chink this is the thing like again because england's weird so we slanged it and it's not it's not to be racist more than anything like a lot of older generation people refer to going to a Chinese takeaway as going to the chinky. I see. Which is racist as hell. It is, yes. But no racist intention. It's just like it's just the nickname that they adopted for it for a long time, kind of thing. But it's like you don't. A lot of them won't say that in front of another Asian person because that that's offensive. So it's like it's fine to say to your friends and family like as a casual thing, but like you'd you'd, you'd never dare walk up to an asian person and say that in front of them because like that could offend them that's not and then it okay. is racist then isn't it yeah i think but this is like this is what i mean it's like for us like we kind of go with should be okay just we don't want to offend them but like i have a friend who um who is who is chinese and like he he used to laugh at how touchy people got about it he 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 once laughed we were we were studying macbeth and there's a line in macbeth where he um shakespeare has written about the chains and it goes chink 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 only asian kid in the class my teacher felt so awkward saying that word around him in case he got upset by it that she couldn't help but lock eyes with him oh god which is just unintentional racism because again she's like said it focusing on how he's going to react to it right. he sits there looking at her she carries on because he suddenly goes miss why did you look at me <laughs> and she's like Oh uh, well, I uh, uh and he he's so he's awkward. he's fucking with her. Like he he doesn't give a shit. He knows why he like she's looked. He knows that she's trying to like make sure that he's okay about it. But right. like for him, like it was a game of like funny things. So like for us, I think where I'm from, we're a bit like almost 
I'd say we're a bit more willing to use those words because there's less of a um, like f f uh, like diversity around here. Right. But, like I, I would wonder. say, however, though it's like we have a very large Indian population down around here, so like right. Indian people are probably the most common kind of like ethnicity that you'll find in the UK in a general because right. obviously long-standing history with them and right. we, we never did anything bad to India so there's never an ounce of bad history I swear nothing of the <laughs> sort um <clears throat> good right. old England but like so I'd say like if you go to like major city so Birmingham is well Birmingham is uh is kind of like a massive uh, hub for, from what I've I've ever seen of it, like uh, people from like the Muslim kind of faith. There's a lot yeah. more mosques up there. Like there's a lot of people who walk around in the traditional garb and like the whole burqa and like you. We have like big cities filled with the multicultural kind of stuff because that's where they like that's where everyone's gonna thrive. Like if you want to make money in this country, you're gonna go to a city where there's a lot of people. Uh, a lot more money constantly moving so like but we we consider ourselves to be quite a multicultural kind of country and and like we have some of the larger multicultural cap like london is a massive multicultural center and like for us it's like we have the gay capital of the world which is brighton like you know we have i think like the thing is in england is like we've a lot of us feel that we have so much kind of acceptance now that just who 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 cares anymore <laughs> yeah like we've we've kind of i think lost touch with what it can even mean to truly be like because the, the worst you get are there's a group of people called like the edl which is the english defense league now they're the kind of people who are like you know go back to your country and they exist but they're like a huge fucking joke to the entire population of britain like we kind of like if you see edl guys that they're these white dudes who are bold and have like three teeth <laughs> they all drink like the same beer and they probably beat their wife like that's kind of the thing we go with with them like you know the kind of person they are yeah 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 so like no one you don't i don't feel like you see a lot of open racists just because the fact you you'd get ridiculed in this country for being a racist like dude we've 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 we've, we've been friends with everyone for quite a long time now so yeah. you ain't got a place for it that's good That's which i silly. think yeah i think we're quite lucky for it that it's we we've just had enough time that people see less less kind of like on the race front i think is we're, we're quite a quite a national kind of country like for us like britain is 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 the thing like the united kingdom is is more of what we are than anything like i don't think you'd find you wouldn't find people who would think about their, their their skin color white white or black i don't think you'll find many who think about that as their first like if you would say how do you identify yourself i wouldn't go with i identify myself as a white male i would say i identify myself as a british man like for me it's i'm british first like i am a british citizen i think it's quite common for a lot of people in the uk that we feel a lot more British than anything we else. Feel more like, yeah, I, like, I, I've said this to, to people in America that like I think it's the true key to like solving a lot of problems in countries is that like the first thing you do is you stop you stop with all your identifying stuff and you start going, you're American. 
it's mm. like with everyone who's proud to be an irish american or like a, a german american and it's like why why do you care about the place that you came from you're an american like you live in america like you like you're an american first that's where your your care should be and like if you all started to just agree that being an american is the the number one thing like nothing else just american is like you, you i think you start to reduce a lot of what you see the differences in true and i think you'd build a lot more pride and nationalism and care yeah. then all you guys need is a royal family but well i don't know about that but <laughs> well you know we got a king he's going to be making some travels around the world you could always you could all start signing the petition being like you know what we'll go back with them no, I put don't that know man on the that. money <laughs> oh you don't don't think you'd want a king again no, I think we're good. I think that you know American culture is very far removed from that. So <laughs> yeah, well, I, I I always find America's incredible because it's like watching fifty countries try and get along. Someone on one of my episodes did say America is like fifty countries in a trench coat. I completely agree with that. I it's like it's like you know European Union. It's kind of like we're pretending. I mean, they're, they're actually a union, but like. We're pretending to be a union, but we really are so different with each yeah. other. I, I see. I was I was talking because like um like you said with the whole uh, what's it called Roe versus Wade being overturned and all that and like that that I I I don't know how I meant to sit on that. But firstly, I'm a man, so like I kind of always go with the argument of uh, my 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 rule for the whole abortion front is I think women should be allowed to do whatever they want. Yeah. But my return to that is that, in fairness, if women are allowed to do whatever they want, like, I should be allowed to also make the choice of going with, but if I don't want to be present, then we can't have me attached to it. If, you, if you're if you allowed to, like, take a child away from me, if I wanted to keep it, I'm allowed to remove myself from the child. If you want to keep it, it's like, it seems, seems yeah. like a fair 50-50 trade. Mm -hmm. But it was like, when, when the whole Roe versus Wade thing came out, like, I, I think, was it like, I saw somewhere that it was, uh, oh, what's her name, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, is it? like it, she was like the big deciding factor of like it being overturned which confused me because I, I i thought american politics was so simple that if you're a democrat you just would never do what a republican would do and if you're a republican <laughs> you'd never do what a democrat would do like because that's how i've always viewed it because when someone explained to me like your supreme supreme court yeah is supreme. it like the the, the 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 like nine nine justices or whatever they are Justices, yeah. Yeah, like that. When they explained that to me, that that confused the fuck out of me. Like, how do you yeah. like how do you let someone have a job for the rest of their life? That's a horrible system. I completely agree. Um, and I also was super surprised that I mean, I wasn't completely surprised, but I was still surprised just because we have been speaking about this abortion thing for like ever. I don't even think this topic ever died out. It was just never dying out and i'm just thinking here like every single country has moved past this topic and we're still talking about this topic and i do think this is a huge reason is because like we were just saying it's like 50 different states trying to get along and it's like if we just kind of did our own thing we would have been able to be past this conversation a long time ago already but you know the north is trying to convince the south the south is trying to convince, and no one is going to be convinced from this argument everyone is going to stick to their guns Guns is a whole other topic, but yes, oh, everyone's that's... gonna stick to their guns. Yeah, <laughs> so this is the thing. Is like, cause I I know like Texas, I can imagine is one of the big states that's going. So women can't now have that choice, which yeah. like 
again i disagree i think women should should have the right but like it's one of those where it's like um i don't think to an extent it's like i i would have the right as a brit to to comment on the politics of a foreign nation all that much more than uh it's not great because because your country works like 50 like i've always said is it not i've always thought is it not easier to just let it go back to state to state to state have like the 30 that agree with you just agree with you and then you've got 20 states to work on as opposed to like you've got 20 states to work on that you could knock off one at a time like yeah. you know that you can kind of like these states will all i reckon within the next two generations at least like they'll all kind of have people come in that predominantly will probably sit with your views that women deserve the right to, to, to make that decision and whether i think i think i i quite liked it was a bill bear joke where he's like i don't mind if you kill it just you know because when we get to the gates i'm not responsible for it and it was one of those where i'm like i i think this is a fair way best way of looking at it is you can yeah. do what you want to do with it i'm not responsible god doesn't hold me accountable for your actions yes whether you believe in him or not or like whoever you believe in no one holds you accountable for the actions of others so it's like just let, yeah, let exactly. whoever do whatever That's they gotta do it's ridiculous <clears throat> that this is even still a topic i mean i think if you don't believe in abortion then don't do it it's really that simple and then those who do believe it do it i mean yeah. it's it really should be that simple you know? if, if, I, I think like it's my, my biggest one is for everyone who's got like issues with it I, I just go as well then my advice would be teach your kids not to have sex outside of marriage and that way you haven't got to ever be concerned that this will occur because the only way that they'll ever need an abortion is now if, if it's an actual high risk and it's like you know, that none of your values are compromised surely but you know and there's like this funny joke I read that it was like well if you're afraid to get in a car accident then don't drive you know, if you're afraid to choke on something, then don't eat. Like, it's like, it's like a, such a silly argument to make when they're like, well, then don't have sex. I mean, okay, like, you don't, that's not the solution, right? That's yeah. just, you know, but I think that it's impossible to, you know, change people's minds. It's just literally impossible. So I think that America has been trying to fight this battle of this conversation forever. And it's just not going to go anywhere. It's, I mean, whoever's in charge is going to make the deciding decision. It has nothing to do with anything else, you know. Yeah, and I think I think the thing is, is like uh, with with states like Texas, because you guys are a lot more like religion out in America is is very different to the UK. Yeah, like it's, the whole ch church on Sunday is still a thing for people of like my generation, apparently. And it's like it, it, no, I knew like two religious kids in school that believed in God. One of them oh, never. Religious people. Yeah, see, like that's that's got to be the biggest challenge. You're like you're trying to fight. It's it's more than just opinion. It's like you're trying to fight religion, and like religion's been around too long to 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 fight them and and think that they don't win with experience anymore. Like the religious yeah. nuts of the world will have you like have you on it because it's it, it's everything they believe, and this has been going on too long. But i think like you know for for, for america it's uh, personally i'm a big believer in just kind of like you have to let every state go by what they want to go by and you just got to fight where it's either you got to fight or you got to get out kind of thing which i was yeah. told because i always thought leaving a state would be a piece of piss until someone told me how hard it is to move from state to state because like <laughs> you're you, yeah they said that like moving from state to state can be a real problem just like as simply as getting your car like into another state if you become a resident you got to now re get it reinspected because inspection standards are different from one place to the other and 
they like they kind of totaled in a load of costs that i wouldn't think you'd like think of out there like i didn't realize that your your car had to be inspected differently in different states i was like i was like surely you just go with the wheels are good the safety features all work like everything no pipes have broken your, your car's moving like that's the same in every state and he was like no nah, in georgia there's there's no inspection standard and i'm like so i can just what drive a car that's about to fall into 27 pieces and like yeah if it, if it moves it can go on the road like <laughs> yeah this is the fun part about america like every state is, has completely different laws and everything yeah. and so it kind of really makes no sense basically long story short <laughs> i can i can imagine teaching kids has got to be hard enough trying to teach them about your own bloody country let alone trying to teach them about the rest of the world <laughs> that's why we mostly stick to new york like new york history new york you know yeah in general type of american history so out of curiosity you, you mentioned guns like a bit earlier on being a big thing out in there and like i've i've said this on another on other episodes that like i kind of like am really in a weird position with guns in america obviously i'm i'm in the uk and most people in the uk say why don't you ban guns like we did well no one understands that i can still buy a lot of different types of guns in the uk like i i saw a friend of mine uh makes reactionary videos on youtube and i was watching it and he got shocked at the fact that you can buy an uzi in the uk still but you have to get the correct licensing for it i had a friend who had the correct licensing for it like it, it it's not hard it's just we have we have doctors who have to sign off saying you're not a risk to yourself or others um but like i came out to america i've i have fired like 20 different guns and bugger it if it wasn't the most fun i've ever had like if that wasn't one of the most like fun experiences of like holding these high powered like machines and firing them down a down a shooting range and like i get it i was like in that moment i was like i get why you don't want to like i'm like this is fun like, but at the same time i was there holding a guy with but i knew me at 14 and like me at 14 if i had one of these i said i would be one of those kids in a school you I would was like, be I, I was like i at 14 i was unstable if you had given me a gun i reckon that it's easy like i think most british children i think most teenagers with a gun would probably end up like that it's yeah like realistically like you've mentally you're not mature yet most of the like most teenagers are going through high stress like you're going through puberty which is confusing like life is just hitting you left right and sideways if you put a gun in my hand and i'm feeling a little depressed i i i'm like i would get it i'm like as a teenager i would have ended up there for sure i'm like i'm honestly more surprised that more teenagers don't end up doing this with with something like that available to them because yeah. like you can just get it too easily yeah it's true the, sad the right to bear arms and all of that kind of stuff and it's yeah. like i i i i understand the right to bear arms i've i i do think it's funny because i'm like well the people that you have the right to bear arms against are the government and they've got they've got fucking drones and nukes like yeah. they've got bunkers built into mountains that will survive 27 nukes hitting the u.s like you guys yeah. can all die and they'll still be fine yeah absolutely but like, I mean, especially because you've worked in schools and in in places like New York, where I feel like crime is always been reported, at least to, to it sounds like crime is a lot more common in in major cities like New York. 
Yes, and I would say, like, in New York City, I don't know if you know this, but, like, most public schools that are high school age, they have metal detectors, so they are they have to go through, you know, before they get into the school, like, screened. Yeah, um, I, I've, seen, I've seen in, like, because I think I saw it in a movie, like, when I was oh. young. I saw this in, like, a movie, and it, it confused the, the shit out of me. <laughs> I, I, did, I didn't get it. Like, no one else really got it. We were like, why, why have the Americans got metal detectors on it's like why would you put a metal detector at the school and then like like people is. started to go they have guns and they have knives and they like yes. crime and you're like in school in school yeah it's, as a teacher it's actually really unfortunate to what extent schools have become a place for this type of violent crime like guns like it's supposed to be a safe place, you know, and especially for children. Like, you know, I have a lot of friends from different countries who have lived through war or, you know, have lived through, you know, tragic things. And they said, like, even in their country, schools are the safe place. There's no guns there, you know. And I, at some point, I looked up into it, and it's just kind of crazy that America has this issue to begin with. Like, that schools are a place for, like, gun crimes. And then, like, you know, a lot of people who are pro-gun, like, laws, they think teachers should be armed. I cannot handle that. Like, I cannot handle the idea of taking a gun on a student. Like, that will, that is just so, like, there's a reason why you're a teacher. It's because you're a softie and you love kids. You're saying you didn't take this job to, to inflict pain on the youth? Like, that's like, and it's just not okay, like. To have a gun present in the classroom, like, anything can happen. What if you have a crazy teacher? You know, like, I don't know. Like, this is just not okay. So it's not about my view of guns. It's just that it needs to stay off of school premises. Like, and the idea of arming more people to be more protected doesn't make sense to me. I don't think that's the right solution. See, like, with, with with all your schools having, like, the metal detectors and whatnot like do you do you like working in them do you feel safer like knowing there's a metal detector or do you feel well, like there's, there's, there's no didn't safer have to do that for too long but no because i also feel like just because you don't have a gun or a knife it doesn't mean you can't be violent so you know those are still violent people you know and i think that one of the things that's not being funded enough is just mental health you know it's like people try to solve the problem by looking at the like most surface layer issue and not understanding the depth of it. And the whole depth of it is mental health, you know? I mean, for, for America, you guys are very um, pharmaceutical, I'll, I'll say. Yeah, like, that's true. Because like, I've never known anywhere to be so big on, on the medical industry to the fact that the medical industry has the nickname Big Pharma. Like, yeah. the fact that you've nicknamed an entire sector of, like, business means that it has probably got too much dominance in, in your life. Yes. And, like, because, yeah. like, I've seen people who are like, yeah, so, like, I just, I'm on these pills. And it's like, everyone seems to be given a pill for every problem in America. And it's like, yeah. in the UK, we try and avoid it for the most, for the most part. Like, with kids especially, like, I remember when I was being, like, treated for depression and it's like, they didn't if they could avoid giving me medication first and foremost it's like we will avoid any medical like uh, any like medical intervention and it will be 
mental like if we can figure out what's what's triggering the problems and so on and so forth like that was always the point for us but like for you guys it always feels like i honestly i feel like i could move to america and get xanax just from like any counselor if i just said i felt a bit sad today okay it's another big thing that becomes a business so this is the thing about, you know, capitalism. I, I can't even say just America because I think it's a capitalist thing. Like, you know, everything, even health, unfortunately, it turns into, a, well, can this be a profitable business? Let's try to monopolize on that. And that's the same thing with all these pills. And as a teacher, I see a lot of kids being diagnosed with ADHD and this and that and this, and they have all these pills. And that's so sad, like what they're doing. I mean, of course. There are kids and there are people who need that. But I do think it's overdiagnosed and overfed and it's become another business. And that's what happens, unfortunately, with capitalistic tendencies. Even with guns, it's a business that a lot of people want to protect. They get so much money out of selling all these guns, not only to Americans, but abroad. You know, like a lot of these, you know, what we call terrorist organizations, they got their guns from us. So all of this is just how can we make this as profitable as possible and that's really the whole token of america like really see i can when you say it like that i can see why america talks so heavily about the whole like capitalistic like world it is because i'm like yeah you guys you, you i think you said it in a way that i've never thought but like you guys have figured out you're like the only country in the world i know to have figured out how to monetize people in a way yes. that like no like because i i don't know how much you know for like um what what goes on in europe and like how how the countries kind of work but it's like sweden is extremely like uh, egalitarian right. in the sense of like sweden sweden has removed as much of the gender boundaries and everything is it like it's it's the most like ahead of ahead of any country on this and in doing it it's like sweden shows that proportionately there's there's a real big difference in how men and women operate in the sense of like men like to go and work with things and with tech and women are really good with people and like sweden sweden was having problems of the whole like the gender pay gap and the problem being that well why can't women earn, earn the same as men and it's like well if they're working in a job that doesn't make money where's the money to pay them mm-hmm. and like it was one of it's one of those where it's like sucky sucky part of what's happened to the world for them but um you guys would probably have less of an issue with that because by the sounds of it you're in america you can monetize anything you can anything that i i mean you I, from what i've heard with the way that insurance must work out there like you guys must just have an insurance for everything so once if you want to monetize the el- like the old and the decrepit i'm sure your health insurance company will find a new way of charging you 200 dollars a month or whatever 100%. to uh to look after you when you're 90 and you're dying and <laughs> I mean, when I was actually um, not educated enough and used insurance, I paid $400 a month for just me. And that doesn't cover everything, by the way. I still had to pay a co-payment for all the doctor visits. So, yes, they just find ways to just rob you of money as much as well. What it's not about $400 robbing $400 a month offer you, realistically? Like... 400 a month and that's not dental and vision that's just everything else dental and vision would have costed more the dentist is like the only thing that i think when it comes to the nhs that we pay for that i can name and like all prescriptions so like if if i go to a doctor and i have to get some medication 
it's like ten dollars for, for for my medication done and dusted you would never have medication that's only ten dollars yeah like like i've i'm on i'm currently on naproxen and codeine for a back injury and it's like i think it costs me about twenty dollars roughly to get my to get my prescription and i get about three months worth of it at a time i get like enough that i could take and i don't have to use it as frequently anymore so for me it's like six months worth now but like yeah that's like yeah and like people in the uk whinge every every six months when the price of our prescriptions go up by about 35 pence like I mean, literally ibuprofen is what would cost us ten dollars so i can't imagine what we, we, we i mean we have like if if the doctor prescribes you ibuprofen then like but not when you're in hospital like you don't you're not paying for a pill like if I'm lying in a hospital bed and I'm given ibuprofen, I'm not being charged for that. But like, if a doctor at like my local doctor surgery uh, says you need ibuprofen, I mean they're very unlikely to prescribe it to me anyway because you know they're not going to charge me ten dollars for a box of twenty ibuprofen that I could go to the shop down the road and buy for thirty-five cents. Like they're they're not going to charge us for that so they try to avoid that kind of stuff and like keep it more for the actual medical stuff that we 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 require but like other than prescription like dentistry comes with payment but like even then depending on what work you've had done depends on what you pay because if you've just had like a general kind of like clean let's say it's like maybe that's 60 pounds if you've had some fillings and x-rays it's like a hundred so like 120 bucks like because nhs like it's still nhs unless you're unfortunate and you're not got an nhs dentist because not everyone can get one because dentistry is a big money industry so a lot of dentists don't want to do nhs work and they'd rather do private private dental work which is fine because like they still have to have some nhs spots like every dentist does so like we kind of compel that they have to offer nhs dentistry if they want to make any money still like you can't be a private dentist and make all that money without helping some of the people (laughs) so like for us like that that's like that's expensive like that for us is like the expense of medical care i couldn't imagine paying four hundred dollars out a month under the risk i might hurt myself yeah that's insurance that's not anything else like I'm hearing it, and all I'm thinking is, surely then it's cheaper for you guys to just like book a ticket to another country, get travel <laughs> insurance, and go to a doctor there and say that you've hurt yourself in. I actually do sometimes <clears throat> wait until I visit my home country to go to the doctors and stuff like that, just because it is cheaper. So it's still private out out like in Azerbaijan then. Um, it's it's still probably like it's really cheap, but it's like you can go to the hospital there and the clinic there, and it's super easy to just take care of it that's got to be terrible when you're in the land of opportunity and the opportunity <laughs> to get health care is cheaper everywhere else than at home know, is. i think that it's just it's just the capitalistic nature of america and this is the reason why people come here and i and i i do see it as the land of opportunity but i think that it comes with a price and I do realize there's a whole glorification of busyness. Like you have to be busy. It's so attractive. It says a lot about you. You have to produce and be productive. And and people are drawn to that because, you know, it, it attracts self-motivated people. Like, you know, and so I think a lot of times when I speak to people who move here, 
because I have friends from all over the world. Um, and they, they say they, they love their country, but this is the place for working, for money. You know, and this is what it is. This is what makes people stay here for as long as they do. It's it's the opportunities and it's the money. Well, I mean, I will I will say it is, it is quite true of it to be the place for the money because if I remember correctly, it's like um, the Indian Institute for Technology. Like a lot of their grads when they came out of uh, like Mumbai went straight to California, made all their money, and they essentially turned India into the capitalist society it is now with american money being just pumped out like there was no tomorrow so i'll, I'll give you know if, if you are down to like because i found out that you don't even get like two weeks worth of worth of holiday pay yeah. in america that broke me because we get a month we get 28 days like that's a standard entitlement for every uk employee if you work full time which is 36 hours a week yeah you get you get 28 days holiday like I knew that the service industry was completely fucking wrong out there because yeah. somehow, somehow you can get away with paying people servers two dollars like eighty an hour, and that's that's acceptable. I don't know how you have a minimum wage and that somehow still gets <laughs> under the radar, but I have no clue. Hey ho to 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 the unlucky servers of the world because like I didn't realize how how important tipping was on my trips out there. It's such a thing here. Uh, and like, also, I would get whinged at that I would over tip people when they weren't good servers because you meant to tip like, what is it, 10% or 20%? Yeah. Right. And like, in the UK, if you're going to tip someone, you tend to just kind of tip them a general amount. So, like, if I was to tip someone in the UK, which is a bit of a like harder thing, you'd have to be a really good server. Like, you would have to have been the most charming, most charismatic kind of person for, like, people to tip you out here. Mm -hmm. It's like, I would just give you, like, say, $5. Like, here's, here's five pounds. Cool. Like, that's that's it. So it's like, I would go to, like, leave a, a, a $5 tip on, like, a $10 meal. And my friends are like, that's, that's too much money. You can't leave that much. And I'm like, well, how much do you want me to leave someone who's paid $2 an hour to bust a fucking table? Like... Yeah. Right, I'm like, right. what's what's truly correct in your opinion? They're like, you only leave ten percent. I'm like, there's no point in tipping. So I'm like, if I only left a dollar, I'm like, there is no point in tipping the individual. Or like, yeah, I'd have people be like, oh, but they were so grumpy, and I'm like, I would be screaming at you if I was yeah. on two dollars an hour and you were a twat with me. So I'm like, I think they handled that perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. think charm was was what they offered here compared to what like you'd get from a British person on two pound an hour. Yeah, for sure. It's unfortunate. It's 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 got to be a hard hard kind of like be, be the whole like immigrating to to America has got to be one of the hardest challenges when you first get there for sure. I think like you cannot be picky. That's like number one. You cannot be picky. You have yeah. to grind. You have to like know how to grind you can't be a princess you can't just be, you know i mean i'd say opportunity exists very differently out there though as well because like i see all these videos for people who do like window cleaning and like just do all these like real door-to-door -door businesses like there was a guy who was saying like there was a kid who used to live like in his area like in the town he lived in and he used to charge like two dollars a week to put everyone in like a certain area of his house's bins away and he said like 
the kid did like 300 houses a week and you're like so he made 600 and you're like you wouldn't be able to do that in the uk because for the first part like the road i live on my bins are always outside as are every every house surrounding me i live in a place of like ten thousand people most of our bins are already on the road so there's a job opportunity that you just and it's like owning houses i think for you guys like housing is so cheap like whether whether the americans agree or not is i'm sure is up for debate as like i've heard people say oh the housing market's so expensive in america i'll say this in the nicest way to all of them get fucked is it expensive in america like I think statistics said when I was about 17, 18, they said statistically anyone born after something like 1995 in the UK, will it's something like only only about 30% of anyone born after that time will own a house. Wow. Everyone else will be stuck renting because that's it. And it's like, and houses are expensive. If you want to buy like a two or three bedroom house in the area I live in, you're probably looking at close to... 300,000 pounds to half a million. My grandparents have just sold their two-bedroom bungalow, which is, you know, one floor. Yeah. And, like, it's not even spacious. Like, it's probably total length, I want to say, maybe 10 metres by 10 metres. So you're you're not, like, 100 square metre kind of floor space is what we're talking here in total. And it's, like, they sold that for just shy of half a million dollars wow and it's like it's just like location had a huge part to play in it but just that's that's england like we get screwed on house pricing no matter what so like we hear a lot of other nations go with like oh it's so expensive like all of my swedish friends do it and it's like dude for like hundred and fifty thousand pounds you can buy like a six bedroom house with 12 acres of land and never see another soul again for hundred and fifty thousand pounds I can probably pay my rent for three years. Like that's how <laughs> I am here. So, and it, like, and I think it's for America, same kind of thing. Just so much space. Yeah, <laughs> and I like... think it's different. Every city is so different, like across the whole country. But yeah, that sounds fucked. Yeah, it's 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 a real it's like a real dismal challenge, and it's like trying to convince young people in the UK that life isn't that terrible when like we all grow up knowing what we've been given like i like my friends we all kind of grew up with our parents saying so our generation and the generation before they've made some mistakes the world's fucked you guys good luck because like my parents said we're gonna die before the heat like before the heat kills it kills us but they're like but you guys global warming's gonna kill you they're like that's that's they're like we can't deal with that that's on you and your generation to deal with kind of thing and like so i feel like in england we we just grew up being told the world is so against us already yeah i could see that yeah it's <laughs> as you can imagine it's a real real fun challenge and like america like the houses are insane like they're so big they're so cheap they're, like there's just nothing but space yeah I, I i never understand why people would want to live in places like new york city i'm like why would you want to live in that kind of place where there's like 20 million people just crammed on top of each other i'm yeah, like guys like, you've, you've got enough space that each one of you could have like 200 hectares of land each and you still wouldn't have con- like consumed all of the america like or all of the usa like you you just you've got too much space that, that 
I don't know what the hell you think you can do with it. Like, you've got so much space that, like, Area 51 it just gets bigger every couple of years <laughs> and no one fucking notices. That's funny. <laughs> Yeah, but like America, I think does it, it just offers offers some great opportunities that like I think y you'd you'd be remiss to not enjoy the uh, the fact that it's so much almost easier. I know it requires the grind attitude, but like I think you'll find that there's a lot of British people who would rather take grinding and getting a house at the end of the year. Like for them, that would probably be enough that most other problems wouldn't exist in their mind, just because yeah. the idea of owning their own property is like, a, a, it's never going to happen. We 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 yeah. don't have a we don't have a chance. Yes, <laughs> I then, agree. Like um, I I am curious just to go back with the whole like gun thing though for 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 you guys. Like obviously being a teacher with with everything that's happened, like. I, I, I don't think I would be able to have a child in America and send my kid to a school like for fear but like I'm British so I think for me it's always amplified because we don't have we've we have recently had in the last like two years I think I've seen two stories of gun violence occur in the UK and mm -hmm. like that's a, a shock like the guy the, the first one like the guy a lot of us were questioning how he had a gun but he managed to get it before he was ever considered mentally ill and it just he fell through the system or something and okay he, he he we can accept and then there's like a little girl who's just been shot up in the north of england and like that that's terrible and we're looking for the guy who did it and like but again that's two instances in a year for us and real like minimal so like because like you guys had it where that guy shot up um the dark knight back in like like the dark knight preview or whatever it was back in like 2009 yeah. and yeah like i i think like for me I, I being a little country boy I, i've i've grown up going america sounds terrifying with how how like i just feel like you can't go places and then like with the schools always feeling like they're high targets like yeah yeah um, I think that a lot, actually just recently I heard that uh, the children from Arizona went back to school. Was it Arizona? Yeah, it was Arizona. They went back to school at the crazy mass shooting. It's just unfortunate that not many people have many options. The truth about the schools here is that if a parent chooses to be involved and tries to make a good choice for their children, it's insane amount of research and insane amount of applications and waiting processes. So what I've been understanding, especially from friends that are parents, is like you have to start applying like two years in advance to the school that you want or a year in advance and like go into waiting lists and make sure that your child has a spot. And the, the thing is, people don't have time for that. Like no one has time for that. Like everyone has a full time job and then you have to chase people down and all of that stuff. Um, even though it does work in terms of where you live, you go to the nearest school, but there's still waiting lists for like all the good programs you would want your child to go into. So I think what happens is that a lot of parents who don't have time, they just hope for the best and send their kids to the schools there and hope for the best. And that's kind of like the unfortunate situation. And I feel like the, the schools need to do something about it. You know, I think if they're having an X amount of you know, um, budget, they have to find ways to allocate it for safety purposes and also for preemptive purposes, like giving children like mental health services. They need it, you know? Do you not so, have like, 
counselors in your school that are just freely available to to not to always not always depends on the school some schools may have it some schools don't and some schools have it primarily geared towards preparing them for college it's not necessarily even like a social worker or a psychologist so i just don't see why this is not being more emphasized on like isn't it like a no-brainer i don't get it <laughs> yeah see like i i mean honestly this uh, I, I mean the monetizable route for america will be at some point these fantastic auto-response blast doors that you'll just see in every school looking like <laughs> some sort of military grade building which i think is like something i always fear with america is like if you can't get it under control sooner like sooner rather than late you're gonna start looking like all the houses in the purge where like yeah. you just see these roller doors going down no one gets in no one gets out but like as a, as a teacher like was it like just in a general like for for like how it kind of happens like do, does it make you feel uneasy to go to work in the sense that like you just you'd never know that someone's going to do this or do you like kind of go with it back of the mind doesn't so i do think about it i definitely think like this could happen but I don't know. I just feel like maybe I'm different, but I, I just know in my head I will do anything to protect the children. Like, I don't think of it as, like, I'm sacrificing my life or anything, but, like, my head just says, like, I start replaying in my head what I would do. I'm going to hide them there. I'll make sure. Like, I think about all those things um, because you never know. Actually, right outside my school, there's a lot of wackos that go around. So, like, you have to just be prepared and be super alert. Then again, I'm speaking on behalf of myself. I know some teachers may be totally feel very different about the situation. I actually we had meetings about this recently and some of them were like, I don't care, I'm running. And it's just like, come on, like, you may not want to say that out loud, you know, because you do still have the responsibility of taking care of the children. But for me, I think about it a lot and I definitely feel my whole thing would be to protect the children first. So, like, do you do, you do because, like, in the UK, we do fire drills, but you guys apparently now have to do, like, shooter drills in schools, which, like, yes. I'm assuming, like, firstly, can I ask, like, what does, what does a shooter drill entail? Like, is it teacher gets up and runs to the door, like, teacher has to lock the door, and then it's, all right, how quickly can we barricade the door? Like, yeah. what, is that actually what you're doing? Like, are you, are you seeing how quickly you can fortify a room for protection? Yes, and you have to think of how are you going to take your children into the safest place possible for as long as possible. What, how are you going to be able to contact the police, the, the parents? You have to think about how can you exit the building in the safest way possible? What code are you going to hear you know, set throughout so we know that there's a shooter in the building? Like, There's a lot of things you have to put into consideration, like a lot. And then there's also glass walls. Like my classroom has a lot of glass walls. So how can I make sure that, you know, my children are not being seen through it? So I have to like act quick within the first like five minutes of the drill. Yeah. That just, to have to consider all that when in the nicest way, what, you, what, you, what you've just spent five years studying to do was not, <laughs> not play army in the school zone. Like, yes, absolutely not. And I've, the thing is, we sign up for a lot. We have to be their social workers. We have to be their mommies and daddies throughout the day. We have to be their babysitters. We have to be, you know, it's, it's a lot you sign up for when you're a teacher. Now like like you said with the one, like with, with having teachers who are like, um, 
I, I would I would run away or whatever. Like as as like as bad as that sounds. Like without <laughs> with, I I kind of get it because I'm like I don't know what the average teacher earns in the US. I'm assuming like I, I want to say I've heard seventy k. How much was that? Sorry, between forty k to seventy k teacher. Then there's also yeah. assistants, but they would earn lower than that. So like. I mean, for forty k to seventy k a year, uh, after all of your tax and whatnot, I I can't imagine that there is a lot of wiggle room for for heroics and whatnot on your on your budget. Like, I get the feeling that you're not probably paid so much money that you're like, yeah, my life should be given up. But like, I get what you mean in the sense of at the same time, you you, you the entire aim of teaching is to give your life for kids anyway. So. Yeah. Like if you're if you're given the responsibility of their lives, then yeah, it, it falls to you. But like, I get it in the sense of at the same time, like I personally, if it, if my children weren't in the classroom, it's like I, I'd probably be running away horrified. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna be a bullet. No, like it's just a sure. fact. Like I, I think I'd I'd close the door, lock it, and be like, just shut up and stay in there. I'm I'm gunning out. Yeah. <laughs> if, no. If I it's mean... clear out the window, I'll smash it, and you can come too. But so funny. I mean, nobody chooses to be a teacher because of the money that's involved. Let's be honest. No one's like, I want to be rich. Let me be a teacher. So like by choosing to be a teacher, you already don't have your heart in those places. You know, you're there for actually, hopefully good intentions, you know, because you really want to make a difference in children's lives. So I, I don't know. I think it comes with the job. So you become, an, you become attached. You love them like your own in a way. And I can't imagine like you know putting them through anything that traumatic my whole thing would be to protect them you know so i mean I you're, so if i if i ever do move to america you're the teacher i want my kids <laughs> to have is what i'm what i'm hearing is if i put my kids in education out in america you're 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 the teacher i want just in case <laughs> i think a lot of teachers think like me though i have a feeling that it's a it's a very common thing when you truly are doing it for the right reasons at least that's all right then as long as like to, to see again like for me it's just one of those i think being british we just very different mentality towards it because <laughs> I, I can't i can't comprehend the idea that it would happen like i feel i feel like the first kind of like big school shooting that i can i can actively kind of take i say i took note of was like sandy hook when sandy hook happened and like that happened and most british people i i knew sat there and went with well, they're going to have to ban all their guns, aren't they? Like, surely they're going to ban all of these guns because, like, that's... It's like, look, if they shoot up, like, a Walmart and, they, and they're shooting up streets, that's one thing. Where, like, But schools are, like, easy, targetable. You know, from 9 till 3 in the afternoon, there is, like, 400 kids in there and no one else who can defend them. Like, So, like, in the UK, a lot of people are like, oh, this will get rid of guns. So we're just kind of sat here now going with, well, they're still going to keep their guns at the end of the week, aren't they? So, like, we we see it and kind of go with like, I don't know how you can want to be around there knowing that the government's going to allow the the most dangerous thing to yeah to, to still be walking around. But I, I mean, I've heard things about like putting security guards on doors, and I'm like, again, what do you want these people to be doing? That like. <laughs> If someone walks up to a school with an AK, like, how are they stopping? Like, yeah. the fact that the kid can get something equivalent to an AK is terrifying mm -hmm. and questionable beyond all extent. Like, you know, 30 mag capacity seems a bit overkill for me. Like, yeah. I've gone hunting with friends with a 2-2 rifle. Like, you don't, you don't need that much. Like, two bullets will do your job for you most of the time hunting. So 30 seems... 
quite excessive. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I get it if you're hunting bears, but in my in the nicest way, if you go out into bear country and you've got a bear charging at you and you've only got a two-bullet magazine kind of on you, in the nicest way, bigger fool you for going to bear country. Like, I don't think you should have 30 bullets to take down the bear. I think you should probably stay out of the bear's area, but... Yeah, and unfortunately, this continues to happen, like, all the time. Like, almost... I don't know. I feel like I hear it all the time. Like, all types of shootings and still nothing is being done and it's just really really i don't know i honestly think in like in the uk whenever we hear the words shooting in american school like we just go what another one yeah it's like it's like originally i i think like we almost felt sad for america and i think like the rest of the world almost felt sad for america for it like everyone was there like this is awful like children dead no good reason and then the second one happened they're like this is getting bad and it's but like now you're on like shooting 53 and, so and like, I, think, I think a lot of people just sit there now going with all right like you guys have not dealt with this problem once at all it's like, like do, you, do you just want done. a dead nation or like what like australia is a big one because australia had one mass shooting in like its entire history like the port the the port arthur shooting was like the the, the one shooting guns gone like that was it like the amnesty occurred like they 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 decided that guns were too dangerous and it's like i get the whole bare arms but it's like surely restrict getting a gun so easily (laughs) or at least you know maybe maybe kids under the age of 18 shouldn't have access to them uh apparently the ones who believe there's the right to bear arms feel like that's way too much of a limitation which I, I mean, you know, uh, I don't, because because of how much, like, because of how the money works in American politics yeah. as well. Like, it's so, all money, like, m- money, money, money is like. I saw somewhere, like, was it the teachers of California or something have been protesting recently? Yeah. And like, I think I saw like the the, the head of it had made comments saying like nearly half our money goes towards the political sit like the political side of teaching, and they're like, why the fuck is half the money for our school going to? to the politics of it and i'm like what do you mean that it's going to the politics of teach like you're you're fucking teachers there is no politics in teaching you are teachers you would think so but that's not the case at all unfortunately see i just i couldn't i couldn't imagine i couldn't imagine the stress it must be to try and take on a job that like i i consider teaching to be quite a noble job realistically because i think it takes it requires serious patience yes it does let's be honest (laughs) Like, if I were a teacher, like, I'd probably end up hitting a kid. I'm not going to lie. Eventually. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't matter what age they are. I'm sure at some point I'd, I'd, I'd lose my patience. <laughs> I'd just be like, you, you, you just, you're not fucking listening. Yeah. And I know that they're not, you're not meant to be allowed to hit children, but I'd just like, you know, walk past when no one's looking and... <laughs> and that is why carry you're on not a and, <laughs> This is why I'm not a teacher. But like, I'd just be like, well, he wasn't listening. <laughs> yes you know like, so i thought quick click around the air and maybe maybe <laughs> head up stop looking at his phone but like that so like, i think ta- like teaching is an extremely like admirable kind of career to try and go into because i think you have to have patience and you have to be a people person and like especially with like younger children like the younger you go just like the more stressful i i think it like i've spent time with my niece and my nephew they are like six and four 
25 minutes is enough time in my opinion around children of that age before like i i want to just bang my head against the wall I'm really? like, i can't cope with this so like, yeah nah they're, 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 they're loud and they're, they're they're mental and like i've always made the point like my, my partner and i we we joke a lot because i always joke that i probably will be the most like distant father until like until like a certain point where i'm like i'll elect to come back i've always joked saying like what i want to do is i'm like we'll have the kid and then when the kid's 18 i'll come home and i'll be like i'm your dad then <laughs> finally well ready to start being there. yeah <laughs> but I've, I've joked about it a lot with her and it's like but i've always said like my my thing with like one of my friend's children is like extremely sweet child but the best part about her is giving her back at the end of it all i'm like i can spend a couple hours with her and then i get to get rid of her because like i i think like i i, I i've always said babies freak me out because i don't know what you're meant to do with a baby yeah like what are you meant to do with a sack of sack of gel that's really weak and really really fragile i'm like and it's not smart enough to hold a conversation with me yet i'm like and that's kind of like the only thing i i can kind of do yeah so it's like, i've said to my partner I'm like i'd be clueless until my kid starts speaking to me i'm like i would be fucking clueless on this front for sure i'm like children children stress me out if i'm like if i if i don't know what i'm doing i'm like i become more and more stressed at the situation so i'm like i'd I'd end up just crying every time my child cries, going with, I don't know what you want from me or something. Just being like, I've tried my hardest. We're, we're done now. I'll give up. So, <laughs> but like, again, like doing it in an education setting just seems, oh, it just seems it's stressful. Really and with all the external factors to it as well of just like, you know, not having enough funding, like not being provided yeah. with your basics, having to fear going to work. The idea yeah. of being scared of going to work, just, I can't, if you're going to be scared going to work, I'd want you to be scared going to work because you've got to tell your boss you're quitting kind of thing, <laughs> you know, they're not going to handle it right. Like, that's the kind of scared going to work, like, I, I expect from life. Like, again, I can't imagine just what it, what it feels like to teach in a country like that. Like, yeah. Because yeah. have you ever considered like moving to another like country to teach? Like you said, you looked at jobs in in the UK. So like, yeah. have you looked at moving out this way to teach then? I feel like I am. It would be hard for me to imagine teaching in another environment because I am so used to it. But it, it's a dream of mine. I want to see what it would be like to dream to work in other schools. But I do have to say that I don't actively think about the safety. I do think about it, like I would say maybe once a month. If that's maybe that's still too frequent. <laughs> um, I was going to say, is that too frequent or not frequent enough? Is once a month? <laughs> once a month is still pretty frequent, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Twelve times uh, a year, worrying about your safety at work is. I think about it as like because I do have to take the kids out, so I take them to the parks and I take them out, and I'm like always on alert mode at that moment because there's I there is really a lot of wackos so yeah I mean I guess that's I, I guess it's not something I really thought I was gonna have to worry about but I ended up doing it without even noticing that how much I do it so yeah it's true uh, as long as as long as it doesn't you know keep you up at night that's that's all that really matters isn't it <laughs> maybe because i didn't experience a, a close call yet but if i do i probably kept up at I was night gonna say with, with with any luck you never you never have to experience such a such a thing because like is it 
becoming more frequent in America, or is it just like in the UK? Are we just getting more stories about it now that it's happening? No, I think it's becoming more frequent. I think I recently saw a list of schools that have had shootings either within or within the campus, and it's like I really believe over, over well over one hundred. Like it was such a long list. Um, schools. And I think this is a very recent thing. I don't think it was happening more than 30, 40 years ago. I think this is pretty recent. So. Oh, that's just. It's unfortunate. It's truly heartbreaking. Because I saw, obviously, they had the Alex Jones thing because of his Sandy Hook. Uh... Sorry? <laughs> was it? Was... I saw, I saw obviously, the uh, the Alex Jones. Alex Jones has just, like, recently had to pay out just shy, like, 50 million or something about the whole Sandy Hook thing. Okay, yeah. Which, like that into its own like i'm not i i've always said like i like alex jones not because of anything he says in like the serious sense more because like a statement like them like they're, they're putting water to make like they're putting chemicals in the water to make the frogs gay like statements like that are just they are <laughs> fucking per like there no comedian could come up with the shit that conspiracy theorists oh say and when they say it with like true conviction like whenever he said something with true conviction like you just kind of wanted to chuckle at him going with like i don't know i part of me thinks that they do this for money too like i think it's kind of like acting and they want to see how much audience they will get it's literally usually what they do is they promote some products at the end you know i feel like that's what they do see because i was gonna say like with with him like he said the most outrageous shit to make millions like selling off all his stuff but then like I, i i'd be curious as to what you would think as as like a teacher and all of that like if if you if you were in a position like that hypothetically and like you had someone who was like ah oh, they're all crisis actors and like you know you these are your students and whatnot like because America feels like the land of the court system <clears throat> like my God you you America does love to take things things towards being sued so it's like does that feel like a like good response in a way like without I'm not trying to say like you shouldn't you shouldn't sue a guy for, for for saying that your dead child is a crisis actor. Like I'm not saying that you know you can't feel bad and you shouldn't you shouldn't have some sort of recompense for it. But like at the same time, it's one of those of like for 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 like you as just someone in education. Like, do you do you think like well, and as just an American citizen, do you think things like suing people for saying these things like do you, do you think it's a good answer for the for, for these people like cause it's not going to give you the closure is all i ever think it's like yeah you can get money but i just think it's someone who's using the system to to act out a form of revenge i really i think that's what it is it's like some people like to do that to like feel like they got back at someone and they're just using the court system to do that and i think it's a little silly to be honest <laughs> but it also it gives them a lot of attention and that's yeah. what it is think at the end of the day because I, I i i mean that kept sandy hook in the stories how many years after sandy hook happened i want to say sandy hook was like six years ago now was yeah. it something like that seven yeah. years like you know like you sit there kind of go with they're still talking about sandy hook but i think that 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 brings the big question again that everyone in england sits here going with this how the fuck can you still be talking about like the first big big shooting and still not have sorted out a gun problem yet like yeah how can you be talking about the first problem and still say, well, there is no problem. It's like you've, you've somehow been able to talk about it for seven or eight years constantly. 
I, I don't know if it's because of the problem or because people are enjoying the attention. So this is one of the things I always wonder about. Like, and I think about myself, like, let's say when I'm having a conflict with someone and they say something that bothers me, I can either choose to react or I can be at peace and know how I feel about it and walk away from the situation. Like, no, I think the whole, the whole like getting back at someone, revenge, suing this, that suing is necessary sometimes. So don't get me wrong, but I do think like in general, I think there's there's a lot of attention seeking and revenging kind of behavior here. And unfortunately, it's in the topic of Sandy Hawk. And unfortunately, it sounds like a bad thing for me to say because I just don't know about the intentions of these people. Is what I mean. Yeah. I yeah. like like I said. I think their intention was just to kind of essentially get him to say he had done wrong, and then the courts awarded them a ridiculously large amount of money because he made a ridiculously large amount of money from from exactly. what he had said. Which, like again, you guys have got it down for the whole. Like I agree that you know sometimes shit has to be taken to court. You have to sue. Yeah. But like, yeah. I I think like America, like the country where it's like I feel like you see a video of a Karen and it's like a you do this and I'll sue you and it's like what the do you mean you're how is going to court the response to everything out yeah, here for you like everything and i, I love it as well because it's always those kind of people and i'm like oh you look like the same kind of person who tells me that you can't trust the government though because they they stopped trump from becoming the, the president again yes. <laughs> yes. i'm like you can't trust the government until they might give you some financial payout to a degree from something <laughs> else. Then, then then they're the best people in the world again yes yes for sure but okay i i i, I just to be a teacher in america honestly for you it's i i, I commend you for doing it i <laughs> it is like it's i i think teachers are already quite a thankless job and, to some extent yes and like i feel like <clears throat> from everything whether the the tv and and movies kind of over dramatize it or like if anything ever gets it kind of to the to the point like they seem like highly stressful environments to be it in is. out there. Like it, compared to like English schools are filled with rowdy kids. Like fights break out a bit, and like you know there's bullying and you know the standards of growing up. But like I think the way I've always seen it is like America just looks like it's a lot more hard for you to like. I feel like being a teacher in America is a different kind of thing to being a teacher. Like if you, I feel like if you came to the UK and you were teaching, for example, like I, I think you would feel lost, not in the sense of like, this is a really different way of teaching. I think you'd feel lost in the idea that like, you probably wouldn't see it anywhere near as much kind of like drama occurring half the time. Cause like, though they're filled with it, like, you know, I, I feel like you don't see fights very often. Like, I don't recall many fights growing. Like, I, I, I got into uh, one, two, I want to say two or three fights in, in like, secondary school. But, uh, uh, you know, lads lads being lads kind of thing. And, like, yeah. our fights aren't very much throwing shit at each other. And uber violence, just more of, like, headlocks and trying to spin, sp throw the other one down to the floor real quick. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, I mean, just, just to prove, like, to the point that, like, our schools even try and avoid this to the extent... Uh, I don't know if you've ever had this. It's a playground game called Bulldog. No, never heard. So it, it was. It's pretty much been like banned in most of the English schools. Um, and it's a game, all right. It's an extremely fun game. Um, where what you do is you have like a field, and one person stands in the middle of the field, and then twenty people, let's say, 
have got to run from one end to the other end. Mm-hmm. And that guy in the middle has got to chase down the people who are running across, grab them, and the aim is you you got to kind of like rugby tackle them. So you grab them and you've got to get them to the ground. Mm-hmm. Once you've got that person to the ground, Bulldog, they're on. Right, you got two. Now you've got two guys, 19. And the aim of the game is to be the last one standing running across the field. Mm-hmm. It's a very rough game. I'm like injuries, injury, injuries can can occur, but you know, for the most part, they don't. And like all English schools, decided that this game is too violent and too rough, and maybe it shouldn't be played. Like we we try and like remove as much aggression from the school area as possible to the point that like we can't play games like that anymore. Like we came up with a game called Fumble when I was in school, which is like you yeah. bounce a tennis ball off the wall. And if you catch it at certain ways, the person who bounced it last has to take the ball. Like you get to throw the ball at them really hard. Yeah. Because the teachers removed our right to take us, like for us to like tackle each other to the ground. So like we, they, they every young lad will find a way to inflict pain on his friends <laughs> at school, I'm sure. But like our schools are just so. But I do bit, think like, that the change is in the future generation though. I think that they're the ones who are going to, challenge way more than you know we ever could or did i feel yeah. like that's the movement of gen z that's what they're called i think right <laughs> uh, i've always gotten confused by 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 how they break up generations like because yeah. i i don't know where the hell i meant to sit i'm like i think some people are like well, you're a millennial and i'm like i believe i'm a millennial but <laughs> i could be wrong but um like it it is it's it, it, i think for america it's it's definitely like you gotta hope that the next generations have their chance yeah but like with the age of all the people you guys let elect, like well you can't even run to be the president i didn't realize this you can't like run to be president until you're 35 uh i don't know is it 35 but i'm I wouldn't pretty sure even... it's like i, I want to say it's 35 i could be off but i know it's something old and it's like i'm pretty sure in the uk i could run to be the prime minister the second i turned 18 like if i wanted to lead my country and the people of my country said that's the guy we want to lead us here I'm i am the president does not 35 years old so i mean oh, I, I, <laughs> I mean kennedy was like the last young president you guys right. got and it just didn't go well so yeah <laughs> So. But yeah, so I mean, I, I I do I do hope for the generations, but it's like it's one of those I fear for America. It's going to take a long time when it's like the guys who seem to be able to get in power, like they're fifty right now. You got twenty more, thirty more years until you like the people of uh, of this generation have by the by any chance like to get out. in. Yeah, they, the older ones just need to die out somehow. Oh, that's again. It's why I don't get the whole um, uh, what's it called again? The Supreme Court, like wait like who who gives people a job for life who says you know what i'm hiring you today until the day you die and i'm guaranteeing you a job for the next 90 years like no one if you wouldn't put like an 18 year old on there and say yeah do you know what you can have a job for the next 80 years it's ridiculous you go with like five years and we review yeah i think even five years is too long i mean i i I don't know how you're meant to do it because obviously I've been told it's the whole checks and balances, but you know, it's one of those where I'm like, surely you just, you go on like a, on a certain contract length basis with these guys. Sure. Maybe they have to survive to two presidential terms or whatever to, to make it fair to everyone. But it's like, surely they shouldn't be sat there for the next 35 years as this 
especially because like i think it's it's all heavily republican now isn't it it's like there's <coughs> is it five or six that are republican i actually don't know that's a really good question i see my brain's like i'm pretty sure it's six now but i could be wrong <laughs> but uh hang on one second <coughs> oof <clears throat> but yeah no like i think it could be six i want to say six republicans right now which just like that's a majority and then some like that's a hell of a war to have to replace them yeah so... it's gonna take a while to replace them well <clears throat> we can only hope with great teachers like you around for the future generations that you know they're gonna they're gonna wise up quick as to how to how to become more uh, more caring and more Involved. Donna, is it conservatives that you want them to be? Not conservative for you guys, is it? Conservative is your uh, is your Republican Party. Yeah, that's the Republican Party, the yeah, liberal. You want them to be a bit more well, liberal. I just hope that they're, I mean, unfortunately, it's sad to put all the responsibility on them, but I do hope that at least they would be able to question more of what's going on and find ways to, you know, change it around as much as possible. Even the fact that we have a two-party system, even though people say we don't, but we really do, you know. So I think I mean, all of that. You can, you can, you can run independently. You're not, you're not winning anything, but you can. We're not going to win anything, it. exactly. And I, I actually don't even think you need to have a party. Like just run with as you are and say what you want to change without being affiliated with a party. So. I think like someone, some like I can't remember who it was, but someone who made the point like the political system worked perfectly for America when you're talking like 1850. Or you've got to horse to get around and pen and paper to get a message across <laughs> on and it's like and that it's fine to have one guy ride on horseback for six days to get to washington for 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 your message but like it, it it's i can send an email from across the other end of the planet now to you in half a second i don't think i need the guy on the horse anymore so why you still keep using the guy on the horse is uh yeah and it's like i do i think for america it's it you, the, the one of two options that like will eventually have to come is either you, you separate into 50 countries and maybe keep an army because like you know the u.s army is a you know it's top quality army no no one puts as much money into an army as america does and for that reason you're like team america the world police totally <laughs> you know but like at the same time it's like the, the i feel like the other option for it is that america just tries to go I want to say it'd be almost like um, the socialist paradise where instead of you having the people in power who have all the uh, have all the control, you just give it to the people to, to make a communal decision. Yeah. But socialist paradise sounds terrible, doesn't it? Because that's that's what makes everyone think you're a communist. So. I don't think so. I think it's just doesn't work when it's a gigantic country. Like. I think I think I think a big country like America is quite a challenge. I mean, you've got like you've got like a, six islands dotted off that are like two hundred miles off the coast of America that are like separate completely, and yeah. you've got like Alaska that once was part of Russia is up somewhere on the other side of Canada. You don't even exactly. touch it, and it's like that's somehow a state that matters. So to do something like that in a country this huge would be nearly impossible. So. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's someone's got to try and do it, and God bless America for for being the nation that thought that they could, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. essentially, it's like trying to watch the British Empire 2.0 figure out how it can work, and you're like, bro, it doesn't work. Countries are hard to control with one Absolutely. government. 
Like you might get it for a while, but eventually it it, it definitely goes got to it for a shit. while. It yeah, like you know, we we had it. We had a decent plan, and then we were like, yeah. But once you spend money, yeah, you, know, you find that it's really hard to control countries without all that money. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, and that's kind of the key to it. And then people start realizing as well that like they don't actually need you in charge, and uh, it's revolutions essentially so you can you can do what the british did and you can amicably pretend like you gave everyone freedom when realistically everyone was about to take it from you anyway like that's that's why i always joke we used to like what we did with india i'm like india pretty much made it like got its freedom and then england went came along and went you know what india we've made a decision that you guys should be free you shouldn't be like oppressed by us anymore and i'm like india had almost pretty much done that all for itself but we somehow came along and almost sounded like we had decided it for them right, right, like we've right. we're like we're the good guys here like we kind of look at it going we, we gave india freedom and you're like well gandhi did press pretty hard for us to do that like he had already done a lot of the legwork like <laughs> we kind of did it because we had no choices <laughs> Britain made a lot of issues everywhere and tried to tie a bow around it, you know. Britain, Britain, like, I think, because we're, we're quite lucky as a nation, I think, the people of Britain feel, like, a lot of shame for our history. Like, we're, we're pretty good at knowing what we did, but, like, there are things that I think people don't even realise Britain did. Like, there are families and whatnot in, like, along the borders of, nor uh, of northwest India that, like, are never going to be the same again because we draw like we drew those borders and we couldn't give a shit about anything like we we did it like in the it was like done in the logical way of based on population of religion and it's like great but there are religious sites for them over there there's important things for them over like all these guys in this region they were a family we've now somehow made it so they can't talk to each other so it's like you look at what England's done. Like we we have we have tormented nations many many years after we walked away from them. I think we left India in like the forties, and it's like India's still suffering backlash from Ew. the shit that we did. I mean, and like, every single country except America is still suffering from British intervention. Yeah, we we just well, that's it. I mean, South Africa is. I mean, the apartheid ended. Huge problem. Let's be honest. But once it was over, you know. Oh, once it was over. <laughs> yeah, it all looked a bit better, didn't it? <laughs> As I like to say, if we if we just look at all the good parts that happened after we were gone. Yes, and pretend you, know, you had something to do with that. Damn right we did. That's the British way. <laughs> it's the best way to look at things, you know. Look at our history and go with, well, we did, we did a lot of good. Just forget all the bad bits that happened yes. between between our turning up and our, our freeing freeing them from us, like, you know. <laughs> yes, yes. Just pretend all the history before the we're equals showed up and it looks great. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. country doesn't have some questionable history, eh? But um, I, 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 will, I will have to call it there. It has been yeah. truly a pleasure. It has been fun talking to you. And it has been, yeah. it, it's really interesting to, like kind of see how the american schools work from someone who actually understands it and to just kind of understand the life of well you in a general i can like again it's just it's a very interesting kind of challenging life that you you, you lead and it has been fascinating to talk to you and i i don't think i could have asked for a better person to speak to for about oh, how long has it been much. about like two and a half hours three hours so right. <laughs> is there uh, uh, before we go is there anything like you 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 want to you want to say or any like links or anything you want like that will be in the description for you but you want to shout out here 
Um, not at the moment, other than thank you so much for hosting me. I am not really big on the internet yet, but it might change soon. <laughs> I'm working on a few projects, but thank you so much for hosting me. And I really enjoyed all these conversations. It's also really interesting to hear it from your perspective, the differences between our worlds, even though we speak the same language, but it's so different, you know, so I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, it has, like I said, it, it, it has been so much fun and I just, I can't thank you enough. So thank, thank you so much for, for, for joining. It, it, it's just been great.